0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I am your host, Chip Hazard. I am your host, Talon Williams.
1: And I'm Roger Sierra.
0: And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition
2: of We Talk Wrestling right here on Movement Radio. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. Or more specifically, Mm -hmm. our good friend Roger has a lot to talk about. Roger, anything on your mind that you would like to discuss on today's episode? First off, it's all of us talking about it. Right. I just... You're Wanna the most forward. tilted out of all of us, I guess would be the best
1: way yeah. to describe. It. I mean, just the recent events and in the industry of wrestling in general. Uh, so, from, so would
0: you would you say that we could call this the the current state of pro
1: wrestling? Yes. Um. Yeah. We can just just leave it at that. Um. I mean, we we all grew up as wrestling fans, obviously. Um we do it so (laughs) obviously we have to like it in some sense or have some respect for it in some kind of sense Um, i would say that we sort of know the end workings and understand how booking should sort of be that makes logical sense even long-term booking but it seems like nowadays nobody knows what long-term booking is and they're just throwing stuff together and seeing what sticks and it doesn't work um Current example I can say is the booking of Karrion Cross on Raw. Okay. Uh debuts on Raw, gets beat in like two minutes by Jeff Hardy for no reason at all. Jeff Hardy's literally been dropping out to people on main event. He's not even been on TV much. And he beats the third brand's champion in under two minutes. And people say, "Oh, he did it by putting his feet on the ropes." Blah blah blah. It doesn't matter. It was still a two minute match. What was it? Only two minutes? Yeah, it was like under two minutes, like total to match. One hundred seconds. That's that's the number yeah. that we've been hearing. Told, yeah. So yeah, like it, like it's not even a. It was even a squash match. Like it, it was a non-existent. Like it, like why? Like I don't understand it. And now, he goes back to NXT. What does that make him look like? He's your brand champion that got beat by a jobber in two minutes, and it just it doesn't make sense why you would do that to him. It doesn't do anything for Jeff Hardy. It definitely doesn't do anything but make Karen Cross and then NXT in general look weak. So what's the point of trying to push them as your third brand and having them on TV and everything like that, and then using the people to bring up for fill out like your rosters on Raw or SmackDown? If you're just going to have them be nothing.
0: Like let I me uh, let me play devil's advocate because we we do need one person to to kind of do that. Okay? Um I see all your points. Less 2 minutes, we'll just call it a 2 minute match. Um Jeff Hardy beat the NXT champion. Yes. But let's look at it this way. Jeff Hardy's a former multi-time heavyweight champ, world champion. Karrion and Cross hit all of his moves, and it took a sneaky roll up in the corner with his feet on the ropes to beat him. Um, obviously, there was going to be more to the story. Had co- had uh, Jeff Hardy not contracted COVID. Uh, I don't so he's going to be off for a couple of
1: weeks, but I don't think that's actually true, though. I don't think they want to do anything besides that with him. Okay. Can let me throw let me throw a a
2: a, a, a not not really taken up for uh, the booking in the situation, but let's just say just for the sake of argument, Karrion Cross did beat Jeff Hardy, okay. You know the whole fucking internet would be a buzz about how, man, why are they doing this to Jeff Hardy? Man, they're burying Jeff Hardy. What the fuck are they doing with Jeff Hardy? He needs to leave and go to AEW with his brother. What the fuck are they doing? So you, we're gonna get shit from either side, regardless of
1: who wins the match. But Jeff Hardy's been booked like that for almost a year now. He, like I said, he's taking jobs on main event to people who don't even show up on TV.
0: No, you're right. I, I, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I, like I said, I just wanted to be that devil's advocate because you know, in the comment section, people will be like, "Well, it's Jeff Hardy. You know, he's been around. He's a legend, and and all this." So, which
1: makes sense why he would take the job for the new guy to try to push. Like we know how the industry is. You use your your names. I mean, he he hasn't been up in the main event spot in a while, but he has that multiple that multi title reign. He's a legend in WWE. He should give the rub to the new guy. I mean, I know it's not his decision. We know it's not his decision. It's not his no. call. You know, he do the job for him, so that's not the issue. But the booking just didn't make sense there. Do you think... And then, okay, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was
2: going to say, and I don't know if this was where you were fixing to go or not, but do you think that the booking that
1: they're doing with Keith Lee is any better than what they're doing with Karrion Cross? No, the one with Keith Lee is even worse because the match sh- debuted... To pretty much go to the main event, and he had really good matches with Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. I was like, okay, sweet, we established him as maybe that third or fourth guy on the top, right? And then he just—I mean, he he loses matches matches against Orton by interference from Drew McIntyre, and then he loses match to Drew McIntyre by interference from Randy Orton. I was like, oh, sweet, they're about to put him in this feud. They're about to make it a triple threat. Great. And then he just goes to the mid-card and loses matches. And then he disappears for three or four months with no reason why. Um, rumors are saying health-wise. Other rumors are saying trademark issues. But nobody actually knows what's going on. And he's kept it quiet. And then he comes back. I guess my last is like, oh, sweet. Okay, maybe they're about to give him a push again. Maybe they're just setting him aside so he didn't get involved in a McIntyre Bobby Lashley issue to keep protect him even more. Right. He loses immediately. Then he just now lost to Karen Cross, who just lost to Jeff Hardy. So makes it Keith Lee look even weaker. Right. And it doesn't do anything for Karen Cross now because he just beat a guy that's been taking jobs to everybody for no reason, too.
2: Honestly, this is just my own personal opinion. I honestly think that they brought Keith Lee up way too soon when he when he won the nxt title from adam cole uh they should have at least kept him there which i understood cross was King cross was going to be your guy for the foreseeable future because that was the guy who you wanted to be you know the top heel in your company in, in, in the nxt and i completely understand that but when you look at it from the standpoint of like okay you just gave the championship to keith lee you know he's over with the fans he's for a guy his size and that can move the way that he can move, and he does have, you know, a character, a personality that people can get behind. I mean, fuck, Brock Lesnar put him over in the fucking Royal Rumble, like
1: exactly. Brock like, gave him that, that's the approval. signal. You know what I mean? That's the signal. Like that man when he shoot came up, he should have been like in that third spot. He shouldn't have been like him being thrown into the Megatire, Randy Orton thing was kind of iffy but i was like okay maybe it'll protect him because of the interferences over and over again i was like cool and then as soon as one of them like as soon as orton won it for McIntyre at that point they should have had keith lee come in and they immediately insert him there then have a triple threat and since magintyre just took the loss have him take the loss again then him and orton can get in on one-on-one while magintyre moves to another situation and just keep that going like that's that's the build-up right there and keith lee doesn't have to win the title but the fact that he's hanging with McIntyre and Randy Orton, especially after the year Randy Orton had, because 2020 revitalized his career. Like, he was starting to do great work again. He wasn't being lazy. He was actually working with guys he wanted to work. You could tell he was interested in the situations that he was in. Right. I mean, for heaven's sake, he was making the Fiend gimmick thing work really well, too. So he was like, okay, I'm working with new guys. That's what he wants. That's what Randy Orton's been saying, that he just wants to work with new people. And it, it, it blows my mind that because we we, and we had this discussion I
2: can't remember if we had it on air or not, but the fact... Yeah, we did have it on air. We actually talked about how we, you know, Randy wanted to work with Andrade, and they just said no. They let
1: him go. They let him go. But for, like... And, like, I don't understand, like... They kept him off TV for months. Like, the issue was, is like, oh, because he was he was tied to Zelina Vega, and both the guys that Zelina Vega was tied to are now on the other company. But
2: she's back with WWE. But she's back.
1: Like... <laughs> But she's but she's taking L's. She's a she's a jobber that can talk. So like is she getting punished again? Like I like I don't understand the situation, but <coughs> like it like it is like it's not making sense what to do with these people. And yeah, they have a big roster, so a lot of people are really mixed up in the shuffle. But Andrade could easily carry your, your mid-card division. He's oh, easy 100%. to work with everybody. Like he is smooth with everybody, he makes everybody else look great. While making himself look like a star, which is hard to do nowadays, because everybody wants to like, everybody works together, but you can tell some people don't like working with certain people, and they don't make them look as good as they should. Oh yeah, there there's definitely some, but,
2: you can definitely tell that there's some people that do not like each other in that locker room.
1: Yeah, and it's like it's starting to get weird. Like people aren't helping each other. Like yo, you do realize that's how you make more money, right? The more stars you create, the more money you you create. Like, revenue is good when everybody's good. Right. But the Ooh. booking just doesn't make sense for some people. I mean, let's see. What did they... They they inserted Randy Orton in this RK Bro thing, which was working, and now Randy Orton's disappeared. So, like, like they're booking people. Like, they're not doing long-term booking. Like, they're doing, like, two, three-week booking, and then, like, oh, uh, okay. It didn't work for two weeks. Let's move it on. Like, No. You don't let something develop, you're not going to know how people are going to react to it. The only places that I know that are doing long-term booking that makes sense right now is MLW, ROH, and NXT. And NXT is probably the hottest product on TV right now. Impact's also doing some long-term booking as well. (laughs) They are with, like, like, one or two here and there, but, like, they're not doing, like like as big of a roster as MLW is like a lot of like like 20 storylines going on that don't blend together that still work together same thing with ROH they're doing like 10 lines that are making story like they're they're doing that with them NXT almost everybody's in a feud or story or something pretty much pretty much and it makes sense (laughs) like they're not overlapping they're not the same ones over and over again and yeah it is hard with a with Raw or SmackDown to do that Because you have twice as much of a roster. But with almost like Raw has three hours. You have extra time. But they fill it with promos that are like 20 minutes long. Like you don't need that.
0: I I think what we're forgetting is that NXT is a wrestling company. And WWE, Raw, SmackDown are entertainment companies. Uh, they're not,
1: but shouldn't they be entertaining? Well,
0: I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, but the wrestling portion of Raw and SmackDown take a back seat to the, the quote unquote entertainment slash content of it, you know? Um, I personally, I, I do think that there's more to the, to the carrying cross Jeff Hardy storyline than what we're seeing right now. Uh, and, and we're not going to get the more of that for a couple of weeks because Jeff Hardy did test positive for COVID. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's going to be more um, rumor is that there's uh they're building towards a match at, excuse me at SummerSlam uh which would well, I don't know
1: about that now.
0: <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Uh that was what was going to happen.
1: My apparently. my question is does is Jeff Hardy no more contender for NXT title now?
0: No that they it's they got to the, the, the but see, him and
2: Samoa Joe got that thing going on in yeah. NXT um
1: and See but that's also the thing. So was Karrion Cross going to do a double shot that weekend? Mm-hmm. i mean it
0: it would be hard to do a double shot i think
1: because he's um, main event in nxt the saturday that saturday and no, no right. to... nxt's on sunday it's on sunday now
0: takeovers on sunday SummerSlam is on saturday
1: saturday now. that's right i forgot they switched to that vegas weekend <laughs> on saturday so even worse like was he supposed to be in a Open match. I mean, if he, yeah, he could be in an open match or a kickoff match. That's enough time for him to like get his body recovered and heal up a little bit.
0: Jump on Come a plane do- and fly out
1: all yeah. the way
0: across the United States. Right. Take that out flight.
1: Then yeah, exactly. Book that flight. Then rest for like two hours and then get ready to do another show. Like
0: right. I mean, it's not unheard of, but
1: it's not. But it's at and this time of day, like you have so much people for all rosters like you shouldn't be having anybody do that dude There, no the roster is so
2: oversaturated with talent and it was basically i mean it was at a time with like the reason why i was like man how come there's so many guys signed and they're not doing anything with them And, and wwe's probably the biggest um uh perpetrators of this just signing talent just so that another company won't get them you know but then again, you look at yeah. But then again, but then again, you look at the guys, and we've said this before. Out of all the guys who left WWE, who went to AEW, for example, aside from Moxley, Brody Lee, God rest his soul, um, and FTR, who have they really pushed? And I don't count Cody and Jericho.
1: FTR's not been pushed. We no, talked no, no. about this. FTR's had four but matches, they, but they, but
2: they, but they put them up. They put them in. They pushed them, and they won their tag team championships. Moxley, the won, reason Roxy why won did their, their, Regardless of the booking now, which I guess you could say that the booking now has probably been worse because of the fact that they have
1: the reason why The reason why FTR won the title is so the Young Bucks could say they beat the quote-unquote best team in the world. That's what they were calling FTR. And now FTR has literally not even been hinted near the tag titles. They've been kept so far away ever since the Young Bucks won it back. And we talked about it. The Young Bucks had lost one match in almost a year as tag champions. They're well, definitely not near the best. Not tag even team. as
0: tag champions. Uh, just in general, yeah. In, in general, and they lost it to uh,
1: Eddie Kingston and Penta.
0: Like, right. why? Not even a an
1: actual a, a team, yeah. Team. So they're willing to give them the W, but they definitely weren't putting over FTR. No. It's like the like they're literally signing these people, and then putting them at the bottom of the, of the like ladder. So people quit saying, "Hey, these guys are better than us." No, they're not. Not anymore. Not the way we book them.
2: Right, and that and that's what it looks, and that's what it like, and that's the one thing that because you're dealing with two different beasts here. You're dealing with the casual fan, and you're dealing with the internet supermark who likes to listen to the dirt sheets and you know likes to listen to the podcast and you know Jim Cornette and. You know, Wrestling Observer and all these other different places, because they're oh, they they want that information. They want to know what's going on behind the scenes. When I was young, when I was a kid, I didn't give a shit about what goes on behind the scenes. I just wanted to be
1: entertained. I just wanted to watch wrestling. You know, the thing is, people can't even go to the Wrestling Observer because they're super biased and horrible. They are now. They didn't used to be what they are now. Like they gave, they gave Tony Khan Booker the year for twenty twenty. Right. Okay. So, Talon, you brought
0: up something earlier. You talked about how bloated the the roster was for WWE. Yeah. I, I'm just going to, again, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Monday Night Raw, these are the people that are signed as performers for Monday Night okay. Raw. AJ Styles, Tozawa, Angel Garza, Bobby Lashley, Bray Wyatt, Cedric Alexander, Damian Priest, Drew Gulak, Drew McIntyre, Elias, Eric, Uh, Grandma Talik, Humberto Carrillo, Ivar, Jackson Riker, Jeff Hardy, Jinder Mahal, John Morrison, Keith Lee, Kofi Kingston, Lince Dorado, Mace, Mansoor, The Miz, uh, Mustafa Ali, MVP, Omos, Randy Orton, Reginald, Ricochet, Riddick Moss, Riddle, R-Truth, Shanky, Sheamus, uh, Shelton Benjamin, T-Bar, Titus O'Neal, Veer, and Xavier Woods. That's not a, in my opinion, that's not a bloated roster. Uh, you that's see like,
1: just... That's like 50 people.
0: You see just about every one of them on Raw every Monday night.
2: When's the last time you seen Angel Garza on Raw?
0: Or Cedric Alexander? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. I
1: don't think Cedric Alexander has been two weeks ago. even has been on main event. But he's definitely not been on Raw in a while. I don't, I
2: don't, I don't ever, I don't remember Lince Dorado being on there unless he was on tonight.
0: Uh, Lince Dorado Dorado's literally on there every week. Uh, now he uh, doesn't. He he's doesn't on the four seven group. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah, that twenty four seven shit. I mean, it's airtime, so I guess yay. But you know. Like, Riddick Moss, is he also doing the 24-7 gig? I think he's heard again.
1: Again?
0: Yeah. Uh, I can let you know. Riddick Moss is...
1: So, Raw technically has 62 superstars. That's including Authority Figures, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, Shane, uh, Vince McMahon, and as announcer, Mike Rome, so... A, like and a, and
0: the female wrestlers. Yeah. That, that's counting all the female wrestlers, too. Yeah. Alec- like, yeah like, we got Alexa
2: Bliss, a- Aaliyah, Asuka, Becky Lynch, uh, Charlotte Flair, yes. Dana Brooke, Dewdrop. Doudre- I fucking hate that name. Eva Marie, Lacey Evans, Nia Jax, Nikki, Asher, a, a superhero, uh, Rhea Ripley, and Shayna Baszler.
1: Yeah. Like I said, they still have 62 people listed for all. With only like... S- seven or eight backstage or executive role. So it's still over 50 people. I forgot they still have two alive, quote unquote, as a brand. There's only five people on it. They have, it's actually four now. Mark Andrews, Nigel McGinnis, Santos Escobar, somehow, and Brian Kendrick. Yeah. And Mark Andrews and Nigel McGuinness don't leave the UK. Tendo Escobar Escobar's only on NXT, so Brian Kendrick's that leader only. And he's, a, and he's a and he's
2: and he's a producer for SmackDown as well. You know? Yeah. But then but then you look at the SmackDown roster, you know, you got Angelo Dawkins, Apollo Cruz, Baron Corbin, Big E, Cesaro, Chad Gable, Commander Aziz, Dolph Ziggler, Dominic. Uh, Mysterio, Finn Balor, Harry Smith, uh, The Usos, Kevin Owens, Nakamura, Montez Ford, Otis, Rey Mysterio, Rick Boogs, Boggs, Bogs, whatever his stupid fucking last name is, Robert Roode, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, and Shane Thorne. I didn't even know Shane Thorne was even on the SmackDown roster. I can say that SmackDown utilizes more of their talent than Raw does
1: so smackdown has 44 superstars listed with and that's including 13 executives so they're in the high 20s right. low 30s and then and,
2: but then the, you got the women bailey bianca belair carmella Liv morgan B-A-M, yeah. which i didn't know medium was
1: on smackdown um yeah they, she's yeah. reckoning um no no they got no, it they, they away from
0: her yeah it's no him
1: now they still were calling her reckoning on sunday or friday sorry really okay yes just like slapjack is James Dorn, they were still referencing him as, under that name she took reckoning as her name instead of the group being called reckoning
2: yeah. and then naomi uh natalia sasha banks shots blackheart sonya deville which she's more in the authority position instead of being a wrestler tamina tegan knox tony storm and Zelina vega and then and then nxt is I think NXT's got Raw's roster beat in terms of everything because it's mostly the development the developmental uh, brand but
1: it's basically the third one that's not even the leadman though let's see they have you got it Raj. they have I'm trying to do the math real quick 60 with uh, let me see They have a lot. A lot. Uh, Backstage personalities. Uh, Actually, no, not as much as I thought. They have only 11 announcer backstage personalities slash like that, so they still have 40-something. But they're all used well and correctly. I don't see any of these. Like, with the list, I'm looking at none of them are booked badly.
2: Right. And then you got the NXT, then you got yeah, some, NXT UK, you know, who's got, you know, a lot of, a lot, of, I mean, a lot of great talent that, you know, fortunately, you know, some people don't, you don't really know too much about NXT UK because not a whole lot of people watch NXT UK, you know, except for, unless it's like Walter or, you know, Pete Dunne, which Pete Dunne isn't even on UK anymore. He's on NXT now. You know?
1: Yeah, but he's, but when they finally open up, they're going be pushing them back and forth. Probably. So they have a total listed of 40 uh, with like three backstage slash executive three, four. uh, No, just three. So they have 37. And I mean, yeah, NXT UK isn't viewed by a lot of people, but they definitely have a lot of great talent that needs to be seen. Marcel Barthel's not even there either, technically. So yeah, they have a you need to update this roster.
0: Yeah. Now, <clears throat> on the flip side, if you look at AEW's roster, I don't they've want got to. 108 signed people on their roster. Definitely. That's not including uh, Tony Khan, Arn Anderson, Don Callis, Hook, Jake Roberts, Taz, Tully Blanchard, Vicky Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero, or or anything like that. That's just the active
1: wrestlers. That means there's a lot of... So, there are like 140 people.
0: (laughs) Right. At least with WWE, they have their roster split between three, four brands if you count NXT UK, five if you count 205 Live, but we don't count that.
1: Yeah, because they don't really have a roster. They got five guys. They just throw guys over there.
0: Uh, so. And uh, who who are your main guys in AEW? The elite,
1: exactly. the executive vice presidents.
0: <laughs> exactly. Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. Um, would would you call Jericho a main guy
1: right now? He's a booker. Is he? So yeah, yeah, he's a Booker. Oh wow!
0: You know, so
1: yeah. um, I don't even want to get into the AEW discussion because you guys know how I feel, and it's more of a super hatred of just. No nonsensical, horrible overrun booking by that the executives made yourself all champion, and they take up all the TV time. They they book everybody to lose to them. They don't sell for anybody. The young bucks literally haven't sold for anybody except for one team in a year. Kenny Omega is triple champion. Which well, is stupid. well, Cody's you yeah. Know. So he,
0: Kenny Omega is the. AEW World Champion, the AAA Mega Champion, the Impact World Champion, and an Executive Vice President.
1: And don't forget, he, he literally hasn't defended that AAA championship over a year and a half. Granted, COVID took a year of that, but he's not even, on AEW, he's not even pretended to defend that title. They haven't brought anybody in from Mexico to even try to defend, to like go for that title.
0: Well, I mean can the same be said for impact the impact championship, because he only defends that on impact events. If you're going to have him carry the strap out, why not also have him defend it on AEW television
1: actual world championship. Right. And not only that, like impact, I don't know what their thought process is like, yeah, let's have this guy be literally our former two last, our former three world champions. What does that mean about your guys? Like, this dude came in, literally took your title, and is beating you guys. And nobody's even making a hint a whiff of defeating him, pretty much. Like, what's the... Con- like, in a weird... I-, I don't know what it is, but... What's the...
2: Con- is, is it a control thing? Like, how much power does Tony Khan have to be able to make these deals and it be... You know,
1: he doesn't have the power. His daddy has the power because he has daddy's money, but he has control over the product. You know? Yeah. I mean, he's the he's the main booker. He's the main executive all that crap. So, I mean, he holds a lot of power. I mean, they're getting views for some reason. Like people are like still flooding (laughs) the views towards it. Like it's any good when it's not their 90% of their show makes absolutely no sense. You know stuff that makes sense is a more like, eh, I guess kind of like it makes sense thing. So okay, so okay, so like, what would be
2: and this is just your opinion like <clears throat> who are the five best workers wrestlers, whatever you want to describe like right now in the company that what you would say in AEW? A-W?
0: If you could pick five uh, I got a look. <laughs> uh, Will uh, Hobbs. Well, before we go there, do you guys remember Pentagon Jr. being the Impact champion? Yeah. Vaguely. I don't. I do. I do. I mean, he was only champion for two days, but...
1: Yeah, it was a short run for no reason at all. Like, it... it, it popped. They tried to
0: pop a rating? I think it's right
1: before... We, yeah, I think it's right before he got signed is the issue. Uh, and I so I haven't had a shared roster deal. Um, so let me look at this list. Um, so five best rec- workers in AW. Um, number one over everybody, Britt Baker. Okay. Uh she they they have a horrible women's division. It's super disgusting. It's shitty, but she makes it worthwhile. She had the best match they've ever had on TV. And that was the match against Thunder Rosa. Uh, I'd have put Thunder Rosa probably as number three as the best worker on the roster now that she's fully signed. Uh, number two, though. Uh, um... Uh, I'd have to give it to probably Puck, Even though he's not there a lot, when he is there, he's a force. He's great with everybody. They're trying to bury him and Penta and Ray Phoenix, and he refuses by working outworking everybody so much. Number four would probably be uh, Will Hobbs or Powerhouse Hobbs, however they want to list him. Um... Uh, and then, I'd actually have to say number five would be Santana. Okay, he's probably Santana the ten a
0: singles, but not in a tag.
1: No, I mean in a tag, he's really good. But I mean, they've been doing the faction thing with him, and he's still one of He's probably the best worker in both factions. Um, they're trying to push Sammy to seem like the better one, but not really. You don't think
2: Sammy's that good of a, uh, that good of a worker?
1: Sammy's he just, good. He just, he just needs I've always liked Sammy. He needs to get out of this inner circle shit. He's always going to be tied to being Jericho's lackey. Do
2: you feel the same way about FTR, Wardlow, and Sean Spears with uh, MJF?
1: No. Wardlow and MJF work perfectly together. Like That's his actual muscle. That makes sense. Sean Spears... Eh, the chairman gimmick, it was cool to begin with, but now it's just stupid. He walks around with a chair and he sneaks up to attack people with chairs when they can obviously see him. Doesn't make sense to me at all. Like, why is he not he's not hiding, he's in plain sight with a chair trying to hit people. Um his stipulations always have to have a chair. He just had a chair match against Cherco and he used it once. So that's dumb. Um And then who else do you say FTR? Like, FTR literally not been used for anything besides this faction shit ever since they lost the titles. And so far, uh, the record for the year in uh, 2021 is 10-3. and three, But it's mostly been faction shit. Like, they have not actually had a... What is it? What ranking match, I guess, was what you would call it. I don't know what AEW calls their their stuff anymore
2: I just I'm sorry I, I was going down the wormhole of Wikipedia and you know how you can hover over the, you can use your mouse and hover over the name and it kind of it, on Wikipedia it gives you like a little small little pop up little window thing like the beginning of it whatever yeah. I clicked yeah. over the butcher and it said the butcher real name Andrew Andrew Williams is an American musician and professional wrestler and he is well known as the rhythm guitar player for the band Every Time I Die. Like what? Y'all probably don't know what that band is. I, I, I but I've heard uh, Every Time I Die a couple of times. Um, so, like you 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 would you 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 wrestling instead of being in a rock band, I mean, you wrestle and being in a rock band.
0: Like Mark a Andrew's lot of the people same. do that. Mark Andrews, is Mark same. Andrews, Jericho. Chris Jericho. Andrews is in a rock band? Uh, okay. Yes. yeah.
1: He's been, he, was a, he was a rock star bef, pretty much before he got big. Like, he was doing wrestling huh, on the side. I did not know that. Yeah. No. oh
0: yeah. Jericho. Well, Jericho, um, yeah. Jeff Hardy.
2: Who?
1: Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. Did. I don't Love think he
0: still does funny. music, does he? Yeah. Yeah, he's does still... He? With uh when? Peroxa win.
1: wide, whatever, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, thought, I didn't think they were still doing stuff. He...
2: No, he's not. He's not using original. He used he used original music when he was in uh, Impact,
0: but Jeff Hardy,
1: yeah, Jeff Hardy. He He uses uses original music now. No, he's using no no more words. Yeah,
0: didn't he create that? No, that was uh,
1: that's by Seasons After. (laughs) Shit,
0: I think it's Seasons After.
1: Yeah, wait, is it Seasons After? No more. No, uh, Ender. Ender end, after. After. Okay.
2: after, same band, different you yeah. know, di- different type of uh, style. Yeah, style. Yeah, that 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 late two thousands party rock kind of, not party rock and like the hip hop you know pop music party rock, but it was more like that <clears throat> debauchery rock. I guess would be the best way to describe it. Them fucking Hinder and uh, Social Code and all those other bands. A lot of them got kind of thrown to the wayside. Burn Halo bands like that of course the biggest one of the out of that group was theory of a dead man but that's a different story (coughs) excuse me um so okay well i'll just throw a couple other names out there i mean you don't you don't think that i mean if i'm not mistaken they're pushing hangman page to be the next one to go after omega you think that's a good choice well
1: hangman page should have been the first champion I agree. No, I agree with Jericho, that, yes. obviously, 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 you put the title on Jericho because of the name value, but wouldn't it have been more of an establishment to be like, not go the obvious way, have Jericho chase Hangman, build up Hangman even more that way, and your title prestige by not just giving it to the WWE guy, which after Jericho, they gave it to Moxley. who? Moxley. The WWE guy.
0: Is the only non-WWE guy <laughs> to be... Their world champion is Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. They've
2: only had three champions. Which I was of the mindset I would rather see MJF win the title, and then have built, you know, have him have a run like a year long run as champion, and in that time build up Hangman again, and then have Hangman win the title from MJF.
1: Um, I'd rather Hangman have won it, had that feud with Jericho, beat Jericho, MJF moves up to the next spot build both of them through that feud and then you can switch it back you can switch it to uh, MJF for a while have Hangman lose a couple build back up by going through the uh, pinnacle or is that yeah, what the they call pinnacle? Yes. And then get back that match and then do it that way and then they can just flip it back a couple more times between each other but you don't have to just give it back every three months or so You still go six months maybe, <clears throat> maybe even eight months, just to build it up that way. But
2: And also at the same time, elevating other talent as well, not just your, you yeah. know, which, I mean, if you look at the, I mean, especially, I mean, they, their tag division when it, when it first started was like, all right, cool. They, they got a pretty good something. I they got SCU. Uh, they got Santana and Ortiz. They got private party who was starting to, who was starting to get some, popularity they got the lucha brothers or, or the death triangle with pac um you know there was a lot of you know like there was a lot of good you know teams there and now it's the young bucks and just th- thrown together teams now i mean you still got f you I mean you still have uh it's it's hard for me to call them ftr the revival y'all know who the fuck i'm talking about but you know, you got those guys, why not do something with them? You know, Private Party is, but see, Private Party, they're doing that thing with fucking the whole Matt Hardy, money Matt Hardy thing again, you know. Now, they did sign uh, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison for, you know, the var- to do the
1: Varsity Blondes. Could they do something with them? Maybe. Um, well, the thing is, Varsity Blondes are okay, but Brian Pillman Jr. is just such a level above Griff that it sort of holds him back.
2: But that's the thing. Griff can come up and, you know, could, could Pillman Jr.
1: Elevate Griff. But, but here's my thing. How long do you wait on this experiment? Do you just keep dragging it on and then have Brian Pillman lose like value? I mean, I think, I mean, I think think as long as
2: they win, I mean, their, their value really doesn't decrease that much. I mean, especially if they win, their value won't decrease, you know? I mean, if
1: they're getting buried every single week, then, yeah, I can understand, you know? I mean, they're not getting buried every single week, but they're mainly featured on just Dark. They're not really... When they're on TV, they lose. Is it it weird that I like watching
2: Dark more than I like watching Dynamite?
1: Because Dark shows the people that we know are good, that have matches, that are good. Because the booking doesn't matter, because it's just them having that match. So they're like, "Oh, hey, I want to show what I can do," and like the only reason, like the acclaim, I didn't like them when they were on TV, but now they're on Dark. Them dudes are actually fucking good. I thought they were. I thought their gimmick was really shitty, but now watching them on Dark, like, yo, I want to see them more and more. Right. Then I mean, I don't know, like. it's wait, Coca is part of the Dark Order.
0: Yes, he has been for a while.
1: Oh, that doesn't make any sense. <sighs> oh, uh, nah. <laughs> okay. And then can we talk about, like, they're so desperate for attention that they signed the trash bag wrestler of all trash bag wrestlers? Who are we talking about? Who? Nick Gage. He's not signed. He's, not he just, signed. he's just
2: doing that one deal with Jericho. The rumor is he signed.
0: No, is that why? Is that why he dropped the up. the
2: GCW title to, to the title. Matt
0: Cardona? Yeah. Yeah. Nah. nah. Yeah. I'm I'm, pro- I'm I'm
1: telling you, he's not signed. I don't know, man. I think I think that's why he dropped it. I don't I don't see any other reason to drop it. Shock value.
0: Who who going into GCW Homecoming Night One thought that Matt Cardona was going to work a death match against? the king of death matches, Nick Gage, and win the fucking title. Nobody. I mean, nobody.
1: I mean, it's the X W E guy. You got to give it to him. But, I mean, if he'd have just shown up and
2: done his normal WWE shtick, no one would have bought it, you know? But he went in there. No, that's why he's
1: just That's exactly what I'm saying. Now.
2: I mean, he didn't come in as, like, you know, Long Island, I-Z, Zack Ryder, woo-woo-woo, you know it, like. I didn't say he was using his – I
1: didn't say he was using his – I know you didn't. but but, but I'm saying if he still
2: had that persona, if he still carried himself like a WWE guy, no one would have took him seriously because it's like, okay, he's still trying to hold on to what originally made him the most money in his career. He's still trying to hang on because hopefully he might get a contract. No, he went in there full force and head first into this and, you know – I know a lot of people say, "Oh, the match was trash," and I didn't watch the match particularly, um, but I seen that ending, and I seen them pelt the fucking ring with all kinds of garbage. You know, very reminiscent of the old school, you know, nitros when the NWO would attack and they would throw shit all in the fucking ring, and you know, mayhem and chaos ensued. You know, I mean, people don't get that level first of heat of all, anymore, You know,
1: first of all, he doesn't have you don't death matches aren't matches.
0: Mm, I I okay I I will disagree yes. with you there 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 is a certain psychology that goes into death matches now not I I will give you this not all death matches uh have that there are a lot of guys that look at that, that go into death match wrestling because they can't do actual wrestling but if you look at some of the biggest names in deathmatch wrestling they're also really good wrestlers. If you take them out of that death match scenario, uh, Necro Butcher—he's good with or without a death match. Uh, if you've never seen Nick Gage wrestle uh, in a, not a death match format, he's really good. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was Masada, waiting on Yeah, <clears throat> that dude—he—he he just does his death matches because he likes them. That dude is, if you put him in there with a a Kenny Omega, a Daniel Bryan, uh, fucking Roman Reigns or whatnot, I I will guarantee you Masada is a top five wrestler in the world. He chooses to do death matches. Um, Matt Tremont is... A really good wrestler, Brad. Uh, the list goes on and I on. Mean,
2: look, if we, if we want to keep oh, it I local, let's. I mean, look. we're not keeping it local. We're talking about the big yeah. organization, but shit,
0: Brad, Brad Tank, Cash, you know? Tank. The they're classified as deathmatch wrestlers, but they can go. Um, so, I, I I I will humbly disagree with you on that one. Yeah, because it's about- I I get I get where you're coming from because a lot of what you see from like CZW or the Indie deathmatch is trash. 100% trash.
2: And you'll even have Uh, deathmatch guys say that most of the deathmatch shit is trash.
1: Hello? I I was just listening. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Oh.
0: That, I mean I and I'm not a deathmatch guy but you have got more guys that are going out there that are non deathmatch guys like um an AJ Gray he's not a deathmatch guy but he does deathmatches uh not all the time but when he does them there's there's psychology to it um you know what I mean yeah if you so. can tell a good story
2: through the you know, look at it this way. Like, look at it in terms. Of, okay, if, if we're gonna if we're gonna call pro wrestling, you know, an entertainment, you know, entity, look at it in terms of movies. You know, a death match would be the equivalent of a horror movie. You see what I'm saying? You know, so I mean, you, I mean, there are people who don't really care too much for other movies other than horror. There there are fans out there who really love the death match scene. You know, and they're the ones who will pay the money to see two guys beat the living shit out of each other, bleed all over the place, use weapons, light tubes, and all this sort of stuff. Now, I don't like it particularly because I'm a firm believer that when you do death matches all the time, you kind of you kind of uh, water down the effect of the death match if, that's, if that makes any sense. Because I feel like. Matches like that should be used for a certain blow-off to angles and things of that nature, you know? Um, Because it's one thing to have a match. that starts off as just a regular match that goes to a friendly rivalry, that goes to a personal rivalry, that goes to a heated rivalry, that leads to eventually, you know, I want to do whatever I want to do to this guy and no one's going to stop me. And then it leads to your hardcore matches, your steel cage matches, your you know, in the most extreme cases it comes to that comes down to a death match, you know, but it's a gradual build. The I won't say all, but the majority of a lot of the death matches that people see are stunt shows. You know. And if you like that type of wrestling, okay, cool. That's your prerogative. You know, it's not for me, you know. I I mean, I could, I mean, I'll watch it once. You know, if it's a, like a big story and there's a good, you know, I can buy into the psychology and things of that nature. But I don't want to watch like five of the same style match in one show, you know, or, you know, I don't want to watch it every single day, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, there's psychology behind a death match, but, you know, it, it, but it's not my cup of tea. But for those who do enjoy it, it is their cup of tea, you know, and. Good for them. So that's what that's what that's where I stand as far as that goes.
1: I will stand to uh, agree okay to disagree. We will
2: go with that. We,
1: we hey, we are
0: we're good friends, and and we we can agree to disagree. That's what's so great about this podcast because we have differences of opinions, and.
1: We, don't make we a can talk about it. it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can talk about it, and yeah. we're good. Take,
2: take notes, um, um, people in the media. This is how a conversation is supposed to go with friends.
1: Like, this is an actual discussion. Right. This is what it is. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh,
0: now, I will say that, that there's a lot of, of Deathmatch stuff that I, I just don't care for. Like, when they're using the... Um, light tubes the the text no
1: the like, legos <laughs> push pins. no
0: nah, the legos fucking hurt yeah that's Girl, the, that's what
1: that's nah, the pushpins oh,
2: fucking. no
0: <laughs> those those not,
2: uh not not, pushpins not are fucking thumbtacks
0: fucking push pins
1: push pins yeah the ones that stab out a little bit and are a little rounded yeah cylinder they fucking kind of thing. hurt bro yes. yeah yeah they do hurt. I mean, I guess because the hard plastic at the end. But I mean, if you land on a spike, I mean, it's just pressure like a thumbtack. No, it,
2: no it, it's worse than a thumbtack. Because at least with a thumbtack, you got that little bit of a round piece that kind of stops it from going in too deep. These don't have a, any kind of curvature whatsoever. It just goes fucking straight through you. No, you can't do that. It's how you get staffed. But anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead.
1: I think it was Chip that we trying to figure out. Well, were you, were you saying push pins or were you saying dumb uh
0: No. It, the, Legos. Um...
1: <laughs> or Legos. Yeah, Legos. <laughs> Gusset
0: Gusset plates?
1: Gusset plates?
0: Yes. Have you not seen those? Let me look it up real quick. Gusset uh, plates. How do you yeah. spell that? It's G U S
1: S E T T, I think. Okay, I see it. Yep. Gusset plate. The raw like the metal beams,
0: yes, like those. No, um, who's
1: using that?
0: People use them in death matches, bro. Um,
1: like a con- a connector piece for a beam. What?
0: Yeah, with um the um they've got
1: they've got spikes on them. Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, like no, fuck that.
1: So they're they're pretty much using a giant cheese grater.
0: Yeah. Like that, I'm I'm not with that, and I know people do it, yeah. uh, you know, but you, you that's 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 not for me at all. Um. So, but let's let's jump back, kind of <laughs> get back on subject. Not that there's really a.
1: It's just uh, us discussing, like, I mean, like, but here's like, so. My main issue is like with WWE, you have all this talent and yes, it's hard to use them all correctly and everything, but that's the point of having three to four to five shows like you have airtime and space to use these guys and make them look good and make sense out of stuff. But I like here recently we found out that WWE hires writers that know nothing about the wrestling business. No, absolutely nothing. They're not fans of wrestling. They don't know what wrestling concept is. They don't know wrestling format. Nothing. And I'm sorry to say this, but... Yeah, there's not a lot of writers that know wrestling or stuff. But if I'm going to hire you, i am be like, alright, here's what I need you to do. I need you to study on this, this, and this. And figure out, you know, a way to make a storyline like this or something. Or, like, just have some kind of inkling of the wrestling business. I mean... So the, the,
0: the most perfect example uh, currently is a uh, new Raw announcer, uh, Jimmy Smith. He yes. literally knew zero about professional wrestling before he got the job. But what he did do is he took the time to go back and study and ask questions. And is he the greatest announcer ever? No. But at least when he says stuff. You kind of
1: believe he knows what he's talking about. Um, well, he also brings the element of him being a former MMA sportscaster, so he brings sort of that technical sportscasting right. element to it. I mean, yeah, he still has some of the energy, you know, charisma and stuff and the showmanship. But I mean, when he's talking about it, he sometimes does an analytical point, which is pretty good. I mean, you have already you already have your color commentary people. He's your neutral guy he's not going to be the Michael Cole who's just going to have all these catchphrases and been there for forever. Yeah, so right. he, his gimmick is he analyzes. He's like, oh, this hurts because of this, or, oh, this is going to move at this point because does this, or, you know, something like that. He sort of makes it more of a fight element style, like Josh, Josh right. Barnett does.
2: You know, I mean, exactly. I mean and it's nothing. I mean, Michael Cole, I mean, people can say what they want about Michael Cole, and sometimes he can be a bit of an annoyance, but at least he's been in 15 years. He knows the history. He can... You know, yeah, he, he does his catchphrases that Vince is feeding him, obviously, because I mean, you got a headset on. Mick Foley can even attest to the fact that he's even be like, McMahon would be in your ears, like, say it, damn it. You know, but yeah, I mean, the announcers, they all have their roles to play, okay? Um,
1: and, and they all yeah, have different gimmicks.
2: Um, now, I think, I mean, yeah, there, there are those that are over the top. Um, Mauro Ranallo is uh, the. Ooh, no, no, I'm getting you started on, on it tree. because I want to know how do you feel about him as an announcer?
1: I used to I used to literally watch NXT on mute for for over a year because of him. I despise that man cuz he doesn't he didn't talk wrestling. He talked social sport. He was just wanting to be famous social media man. That's all he wanted. Was fame for being a social media man. That's why he did nothing but pop references. Like, I don't give a shit about Cardi B or Beyoncé or Jay-Z shit. On wrestling, I don't watch wrestling to know about current fucking social pop pop fiction and pop fiction, uh, pop culture and then all that crap you're doing. Like it, like I know I watch wrestling to watch wrestling. Like I don't, I don't. If I wanted to do that, I'd go to the horrible MTV that it is now too. All it is is pop references too now. Like that's what radio's for. I don't need you to be the radio man. I need you to be an analyzer. I need you to be a commentator. I need you to tell me what's going on in the ring. I don't need to no, know like, oh, he's popping it like Cardi B, making it wet. Like, I don't, why would you say something like Has that? He, we don't need that. Had, is like, that that's... an actual quote? Uh, probably. <laughs> I told you I watched him on mute. Like, he, like, he would always say reference like, oh, this move is hidden like, uh, like, oh, uh, the new Nick Minaj song. Oh, number one hit. Like, it's like, dude, like, that, that literally is nothing like you're not make, you're not talking about anything you're just wasting time and then the biggest thing is like he would talk over Nigel McGuinness or Beth Phoenix or Wade Bear, the people who actually knew wrestling and he would just talk over them and they would not be able to talk they would be quiet and you could hear it in their voices that they were just tired of listening to him just talk over them they were actually trying to give me some wrestling like like that, that's like if going back in the day and you have uh like Bobby eating on the commentary talking about like Magnum PI and fucking gun smoking shit during that time, instead of actually doing wrestling, we would have hated it. It like it's there's, there's a reason why wrestling has commentators because you're supposed to tell us what's going on in the ring and fill us in on stuff during wrestling. Like I hated it so much. It was annoying. And everybody's like, Oh, he's so charismatic. He's so energetic. I don't care. You could be loud and you could be loud and useless all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. He was charismatic and everything, uh, but the the thing was like when he actually talked wrestling, it was great. The problem is, is he wanted to make pop culture references all the time and not actually call the match. When he called matches, like legit called matches, I would put him up there as one of the best commentators uh, there was. The problem is, is getting him to actually call a match was few and far in right. between. I mean, he got excited, you know. Um,
2: but, I mean, yeah, it didn't translate... So like me, I mean, like the energy, yeah. I mean, you want it to be like that because you want them. <clears throat> but I mean, the now the announcers already know what's going to happen anyway, so it's almost like he kind of overplays it a little bit, you know. At least when Don West did right. it in TNA, it felt organic. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, Don West don't get enough um, credit for being a, a great comment, be a great color guy. You know, he, he I thought he was really good. Uh, I thought him and Mike Tenay were a good team. Um. I know we're talking, you know, WWE, but we're, we're kind of on the
0: way. I mean, we're just talking wrestling in general. Um, you know, it, but it, it, if you want to talk TNA, uh, I, I looked at their roster. They have like 53 people on their roster. That's it. Oh, that's not that bad.
1: No. That's, uh, a, that's a good roster size to work with. Is that like commentators and managers or no, too? that's that's not uh okay. so that's just actual workers. Right. Um including women or no?
0: Including women. Yeah. Okay. So so you got I'll just run it down cuz it's it's pretty short. You got Ace Austin, AC Romero, Alex Shelley, uh Vupinder Singh. Uh, I'm not sure uh if I'm saying that right, but that's it. Uh, Black Taurus, Brian Myers, Chris Bay, Chris Saban, Crazy Steve, uh, Cody Deaner, Doc Gallows, Drama King Matt, formerly known as Aiden English. Uh,
1: but he's a commentator, though.
0: No, no, no. He's he's actually a wrestler now.
1: No, he's he got moved to New Japan. He's a commentator.
0: He's he's a New Japan commentator, but he's wrestling for Impact. No,
1: I thought he's. I thought it was a full time deal at New Japan. Now, no. Now, um, you got Eddie
0: Edwards, Eric Young, Fala ba, uh, Heath, uh, formerly known as Heath Slater, but he's inactive due to a growing injury right now. Then you got Hernandez, Jake something, uh, which I still think is the best wrestling name out there today because that's his wrestling name Jake something, <laughs> uh, James Storm, Joe Doring, John Skyler, Johnny Swinger, Josh Alexander, Caleb with a K. Carl Anderson, Kenny Omega. They they list him because he's the the world champion. Uh, then you got Larry D, Madman Fulton, Matt Cardona, Moose, No Way, formerly No Way Jose, P. D. Williams, Raj Singh, Rhino, Rich Swan, Rohit Raju, uh, Sam Beal, Sammy Callahan, Shira, Shogun Jackson Stone. But he's training at OVW right now. Steve Macklin, TJP, Tommy Dreamer, Trey Miguel, W. Morrissey, and Willie Mack. And that's your male roster. Uh, the female roster consists of Alicia Edwards, Chelsea Green, Deanna Perrazzo, Havoc, Jordan Grace, Kimberly, Rachel Ellering, Rosemary, Savannah Evans, Sue Young, Tasha Steeles, Taylor Wilde, and Tennille Dashwood. Uh, so they have, really good. They, they have a really good roster. They have a small roster, so they're able to um, utilize each person a little better than, say, a WWE or an AEW would. Um, Ring of Honor actually has a larger roster than Impact does, which That's is weird. Actually, it, it really is. Uh, if if I'm not mistaken, I counted up and and they're. At like 62 or 72. Um, well, but That's I, not that much more though. No, 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 no. Not that much more. Um, but. That. Um, you know, they they are still able to. Um, utilize their talent a little better because they have that smaller roster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, as as professional wrestlers, everybody's goal is to make it to the WWE because they've been the big dog for 70 years, right? Um, Yeah. And they're a multi-billion dollar company. So you know, as a wrestler, you know, A, they're not going to go out of business anytime soon. You know, you got these upstart wrestling companies that... You don't know if they're going to make it through, you know, two, three, four, five years before they shut down or not.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So, obviously, everybody's goal when they get into wrestling is to be uh in the WWE. You know, you want to be the WWE world champion and main event WrestleMania. Right. That's it. Uh, but but now you have companies like AEW, uh, if they can get their their storylines uh, in control and, and tell better stories, like they have, I I, I think they have better actual wrestling uh, because they're marketing themselves as a wrestling company. As opposed to what WWE does, they market themselves as an entertainment company. Uh, they have, for the most part, better wrestling, uh, but you can't follow it because it's like, oh, well, this guy's going to wrestle this guy, and that's just going to happen, and there's there's no build up or storyline revolved around it. Um, so, you know that as the casual fan you you're watching it and you're like well this doesn't make sense but if you're a hardcore fan like you know the the AW crowd typically is then or claim to be right uh then you're like oh man this is great wrestling uh so it's... i i we get frustrated because We've we've known WWE for so long that anything different is bad, uh, for lack of a better term. I mean, when TNA first came out, they kind of really got that. right, but they 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 AEW is kind of getting the fanfare that TNA got when they first came out because it, it was an alternative to WWE. They were using younger stars that nobody knew. They were putting on. Tremendous wrestling matches, but their storylines didn't make right. sense. Um, now, the
1: storyline they ever used was the the, uh, the what do you call them? The TNA trilogy of Daniels, Styles, and Samoa Joe. Right for the for the X Division, and that's all they really cared about. Right, it was different. I mean, um, it's not
2: the worst storyline
1: they ever you had. know. Oh no, I mean. I put till two thousand seven. They were two thousand seven. Really yeah, from like two thousand and like
2: five to two thousand and like ten. They were really, really, really stepping it up. But it wasn't
1: until like uh, no, because two thousand seven and eight when they started bringing in the NWO. Oh yeah, it was two thousand seven, wasn't it? Yeah, right. Christian Cage came in, and then the rest of them followed after that. Christian Cage was good. Right, he got but then, after that, that's when we got Nash, Scott Hall, Hogan. You didn't think the main event mafia was a good uh, uh, stable? No. No. I mean... The main, the main event mafia was the NWO, and they did the exact same thing. They were all winning the titles. And here's of the thing. Isn't the everybody trying to recapture
2: the, the, the glory of that, you know, moment of the NWO? Isn't How many times have we seen a faction try to take over a company like since the end of i mean it hasn't been done well but since nwo you know what i mean i, I can't say that evolution evolution but that was a faction that was on raw that was i mean it wasn't all wwe it was just confined to monday night raw um
1: well the only thing nwo was all wcw is because there was 40 members
2: yeah that we got oversaturated uh, I mean, what, what, what like aces and eights in tna Gosh, that was so much. Well, bad. we'll, t- we'll time out. Right. The first nine months was good. The last nine months were bad. Because it had good build up. in a in a in a in a day and age where long, slow burn storytelling is almost non existent, they did a good
1: job. You know, a whole lot of bait and switches, whole lot of you know. I mean, you're you're right, but the issue is like they got to that point where their long term booking was becoming a short term booking, and then it started sucking because they didn't really think about the afterwards. the... Okay, we got this, we're building up to this big reveal, and How, then what? it
2: turned out to be Bully Ray, the guy who's been fighting him the whole time, was in fact the leader of the group all along.
1: Which is, but the 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 part about that that was a swerve is that he had him and that the time the what was it on screen authority was Brooke Hogan and he was in a relationship with her, which doesn't like that's why it, it was a swerve when it was revealed to be him because it didn't make sense for it to be him because he didn't have to take over because he was already sort of sliding it in. But that big reveal made sense at that point. It was really good because it was a good swerve. But after but that, that's what
2: I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, the first
1: nine months
2: yeah. of it, because it was, it was, a, it was an 18 years. It was an eight, 18 year. I'm sorry. 18 months story. It felt <laughs> like 18 years, the last nine months, but now the first nine months was good buildup, good storytelling, you know, member reveals, you know, who, well, who is the leader and blah, 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 and all these different things. And then the, it got revealed and for the first couple of weeks afterwards, it was good television. But then, like what you said, it, they 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 ho- started hot shotting on a weekly basis and people didn't know how it was going to translate after the fact. The fact that so many people left, the fact that contracts were up, d L. Brown got fired, um, you know, so many different things happened, you know, and, you know.
1: And I get that's the issue with long term booking is like you do this and then somebody gets hurt or somebody gets in trouble or somebody's contract runs out and they don't resign. Like, I get that. But if your term, like if your plan is to have this certain person in the story for a while, <sighs> their contract extension come as soon as the story is thought of. So they can't leave you on that injury. You have a backup. That's why you make a second in command. And a second of command can take over and start sort of slow building. And then that main guy can do like CM Punk did with a new Nexus for a little bit. He doesn't have to wrestle, he just has to do promos and get on commentary and do like the backstage stuff. And then when he's ready to wrestle, he's still the number one guy right. in the faction. Right. Like stuff like that. Like there's always a way around it. It's just that they like I said, the writers don't know wrestling anymore, so they don't care. Yeah, the most egregious thing about that whole thing was the fact of the, the the lady, I
2: can't remember her name, save my life, you know, the not, yeah, didn't know jack shit about what, what they did.
1: I just know his name's Bobby. Like, woman, well, like really you don't know anybody at your in your job. Bobby, Ashley, Bobby Ashley,
2: yep. Yeah. And the fact like, yeah, I mean and the and the fact that you know, like you would think, Like, let's just say just for an, ex- let's just say for the sake of argument, let's just say you wanted to do, you wanted to be in radio, you wanted to do radio announcing or you wanted to do, you know, you know, and they say, well, hey, we're going to have you be, we're going to have you do, do color commentary or, or um, be like an analyst or whatever for the Dallas Cowboys games. Okay, cool. Um, Dallas Cowboys? Yeah. I mean, here's a, here's a list of the roster and blah, 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 blah. blah, And then somebody makes a reference to like Emmett Smith. Well, who's Emmett Smith? Emmett Smith. You don't know who Emmett Smith is. He's like one of the, he's in like one of, he's one of the greatest running backs of all time. He played for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, Michael Irvin, you know, Emmett Smith, Troy Aitman. I don't know any of those guys. Do you know who the owner of the team is? No, I met with this guy.
1: You're fucking stupid. Get out of here. You know, like, I mean, it, Exactly, you wouldn't have somebody who's supposed to be part of your entertainment portion not know anything about it in any sense of a term. Even a one percent knowledge is more than nothing. Yeah, that would be yeah. If right. she so had a, comment, if she even knew who the roster like, even if she knew who just the ch- the main champion was. That's all she needed to know who the right. main champion was. But she couldn't even get his name right. Like you're writing for him this story specifically for him. How do you not know and, who you're and, writing and, for? And you know the crazy thing. There were people on
2: the social media, wrestling internet fan base the, 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 on the on these community pages, defending this woman, saying, "Well, I mean, it's entertainment. So you know, obviously, there's a learning curve whenever you go into a new job. Just like any new job, you, there's always a learning curve." I'm like, "Okay, it's different. Like, if I like the the, the current position that I'm at now." There's a learning curve, because I, I've never done that. You know what I'm saying? But you, you they say, oh, well, we'll train you as you go. Okay, cool. You know, like when you talked about the whole gym, the thing with the, the the raw announcer Jimmy Smith. He actually studied. He learned. He wanted to know what he's talking about. This lady didn't give a shit. She was like, oh, Bobby Ashley, and the fact that she embarrassed the company so bad. You know, it wasn't. They don't regret the fact that they hired her. They regret the fact that she. Opened Open her, her, mouth her mouth and told, said stuff that she wasn't supposed to say. To me, that's more egregious in a sense because then it's like, yeah, K fabes dead. If it's not dead, it's definitely on life support. But I feel like there's still a level of respect and decorum, if you will, for the fan base. You know, you don't flaunt it in your face like, hey, guys, we're not really fighting. You still want to bring them into the world. You want to have them immerse themselves into the world that they're in and take them away from the outside world and bring them into this world. And for the two to three or four or five or seven hours, depending on, you know, which WrestleMania you're at, you know, they can be in that world, you know, even if you know, wrestling is a work predetermined scripted, make believe, whatever, you can still get lost in match. Like we watch movies and TV shows all the time. We watched those movies and we know the TV show's fake. We know all this going on, you really? know. It, like, like I knew, I, I fucking knew Negan was going to kill Glenn. Like, I fucking knew it. But the way it happened and when it happened was a shock in a lot of people's eyes because they weren't expecting it. Oh, like, oh, they killed Abraham, so they're not going to kill Glenn. Okay, nope, Glenn's got to die because that's the way the fucking
0: comics were, you know.
1: The whole suspension of disbelief.
0: Exactly. Uh, the
1: suspension of right. disbelief, yes. Yes, disbelief, sorry, yes. But, like, that's the thing. It, like, we have wrestling moments, even here recently. Like, Kofi winning the WWE title. We never saw that happening ever. Right. It should have happened years ago, and that was like a build-up. And then when it came to WrestleMania, he did it. And I'm telling you, it made wrestling real for a moment again
2: because the Kofi story is different because that was a cultural win with everything that was going on in the world, you know, and the fact of, you know, just they, they made it. Yeah. They made it an issue about race without making it an issue about race. They did it in a. I don't think the, what I'm saying it. is because when you have Biggie and Xavier saying, you know, people like us are not supposed to win the title and things of that nature, you know, and it was definitely a win for the culture. You know, it was definitely a win for, you know, it. You know, like, rep- and it was a uh, Caprice Coleman who um, posted something about it after it happened. Uh, he said, "Representation matters," you know. Like you know, that young black kid in the audience sees Kofi winning the WWE championship or Bobby Lashley winning the title. And he's like, "That's possible for me." You know, uh, there was a video that went around of this little black girl seeing Bianca Belair winning the, the women's title at this past WrestleMania, and jumping up and down, screaming for joy, almost crying in tears because her favorite wrestler, who looks like her, won a championship.
1: That means something. You see what, you know what I'm mean? saying? We've had black we black we've had black women's champion before multiple right but i'm sure that that little girl yeah i mean we had naomi
2: and we had you you know jacqueline and all that right right right. but what i'm saying is in that moment yeah but yeah but in that moment that that moment you know i'm just going based off of what um i read on the caprice coleman's uh, facebook page when i seen um but yeah representation matters you know and that moment meant something to them you know what I mean? And the fact that Kofi had been with the company for so long, it was a feel-good moment on multiple levels. And it it was probably the feel-good moment of, of, of that WrestleMania.
1: I mean, I can't really remember much else for that WrestleMania.
2: I can, but
1: I mean... I mean, it wasn't a bad WrestleMania, but that was the yeah. moment.
2: You know... I mean, that moment happened. Um I think if me personally, I think if Daniel Bryan had won that match, I think it would have killed Mania. I don't think anybody would have given a shit after they like like they, they don't even care what happens in the main event with Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. Like
1: Oh yeah, yeah sure. no. They I mean, they wouldn't
2: I mean, have even they wouldn't have given a shit. Yeah, if if uh if Kofi, if Kofi had lost, they would not have given a shit about that mania. You know. Because Kobe, Kofi at that point was more over than he had ever been ever. And that moment meant the world to so many different people.
1: <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. But it's like moments <clears throat> like that that make you, like, because the story built up to it, he was a, he was a sub for Mustafa Ali, who's supposed to be getting that shot, which is surprising to me at the beginning with that they were even want to give Mustafa Ali that push so right. quickly. But now look what they're doing with him uh, on Raw, especially now. Nothing. nothing. They're getting. They're putting him in matches with Mansoor. And he cuts a promo saying, "Idiots are confusing me and Mansoor because we're both Middle Eastern," which is fucking sad to say.
2: <laughs> I mean, are they? I mean, are they? I don't want to go to the level of I, you know, like, you know. I mean, I don't think they'll ever do uh, another Muhammad Hassan type uh, angle or story. You know, I mean, wish they would, they would, but would it be? I mean, back in two thousand and five, two thousand six, when that angle was going on, like it was different. It was post nine eleven. The height of xenophobia was, you know, people, you know, with you know, with their fear of the country still being, you know, alert and on the edge of their seat, you know. To have a guy who was not an Arab whatsoever, he was actually
1: Italian, um, Played this character. Which apparently they use Italians for now? everything. Right. Apparently they use Italians to play any other race but right. Italians. But, you
2: know, and then, would a the Muhammad Hassan gimmick work in 2021? Yes. Yes? Why wouldn't it? Well, I'm just, I mean, I'm... I'm asking a question. America's still,
1: gonna... America still afraid of Middle Eastern people. So, yes, it would still work. The thing is, like, WWE is a big global promotion, but they're still American-based. That's why the foreign heels are literally always foreign people. And then it's always the Mr. USA man has to beat the foreigner. It's never a foreigner versus a foreigner, because right. Who cares? Like, but like, that's why John Cena beat every foreigner he ever faced. Well, Hogan beat every foreigner? I mean, Ho- Hogan did too. We don't talk about that man, but I mean, we we have to yeah. in yeah. this uh, situation. Before, yeah, like he even beat Canadians. That's how bad he wanted to be Mr. America, <laughs> man. Yeah, that 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 whole barrel of. <laughs> Of uh, Piper. I mean, you could do a top twenty list of the people that Hogan buried. I could do a top two hundred list of the people Hogan buried. That's half. That's
2: half. That's that's half the roster, and what WWF. He wasn't this bad in I AW. Mean, he wasn't this bad in AWA, was he?
1: No, because uh, Vern never put the title on him because he didn't see him as being right. a big guy. He was always second. He was never first. You know, Vern's always going to make himself first. Vern wasn't first. Uh, was it, wasn't it Lutez? No, it wasn't Lutez. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? No. AWA. He had beef with Lutez. Yeah. He had beef with Lutez. At the, that's why he never actually got him there. Um, who was the champion during Hogan's time
0: there? For for the AWA? What? Yeah. Think, was it's it McWinkel? Bak- Bak- yeah,
1: Bak- yes, Yes. Yeah. Yes, we go. Thank you. But, uh, I mean, I I think the thing is, was wrestling still trying to be an entertainment brand? Or WWE mainly being an entertainment? Yes, I get it. You're trying to make more money, more money with merchandise still and everything. But wrestling has always been entertaining. Just keep it as simple as you can be. I mean, it's been around for, what, 100 plus years now? Oh, shit. Longer than that, I believe. Like, well, yeah, it was like 1880 or something like that, right? A, a sideshow attraction in yeah. carnivals, and then it became shoot wrestling or catch style wrestling. Sorry, um, then they started getting into the elements of entertainment, but they still did wrestling. Like you, like yes, the the whole ele- entertainment part of it was the heel <clears throat> would make himself the heel, and the baby would get the sympathy, and that was about it. That's, that's probably as simple as you wanted to. And yes, times are changed now where baby and heels, for the most part don't really matter because i mean a lot of people like the heels because they're just the better workers for the most part right a lot of babies aren't better workers but they're appealing to the young crowd to get the sympathy for them but Mm -hmm. just let wrestlers wrestle yeah let them show why they're there you picked them for a reason right you wouldn't put them in the top of the rest of the world if you didn't think they had potential to be in the top
2: but let's not also go by the ways let's not also um give the all the blame to just the promoters let's also kind of go with the fact that i mean people have egos in this fucking business and if you're at the top you know especially you know with aew with the majority of the guys being at top, like i can also say out of out of the quote unquote elite vice presidents or the executive vice presidents, I think Cody is the only one who actually is willing to put
1: guys over. Cody doesn't even want act like he doesn't want to be there now. Right. Like, I think he's starting to see what this is actually being and he doesn't like it.
0: Now, I, I could be wrong in that whole assumption, but when you, you listen to interviews that he's done recently and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Like what, one of his most recent interviews, um, he's was talking about, uh, a phone call that he and triple H had like really recently where triple H called him to congratulate him on the birth of his daughter and all that. And, uh, you know, he, he puts triple H up there as his favorite wrestler of all time. Aside from his dad.
1: Yeah. Uh, Like, Oof, <laughs> that's some that's some top billing.
0: Yeah, and you know he um he he talked about um Triple H asked him about the the spot from the was it all out all in? the, all, the it was talking uh, about the 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 sledgehammer the yeah. the sledgehammer and the throne gimmick, and uh, he said he said was that just trash talk? This was Triple H to Cody. He said, was that just you trash talking or was there an ulterior motive to that? And he said, no, man, he's like that. That was literally just trash talk. He's like, I wanted to get people talking about what we were doing. And I didn't think I couldn't think of any better way to do it than to basically call out the number one guy in the industry. You know, he was like, but. He basically was like, you know, but I love you and I respect you and. You know, I wouldn't do anything to harm you in, in in a sense. Is is that what you got from that interview, Raj?
1: Yeah, when I when I read it, it's more like him saying, like, hey, you know, I still obviously talked to the the big guy over there. No well, one of the executives over there. He's like he literally said himself, I look up to him as both a wrestler and a worker. He's my second favorite wrestler behind my dad. And we had a simple talk. I just got. I explained the situation. I was like, "No, that's not maybe uh, a disrespectful. It's just me trying to get buzz." Uh, blah blah blah. But none of it saying like it all seemed like, "Hey, I'm keeping a good footing with them, just in case." Mm-hmm. That's what it seemed like to me. Like he's like, "Yeah." And everybody's like, "Oh, it's because they're trying to build a relationship to get them to work together." Vince McMahon's not going to fucking work with anybody else.
0: No, no, Vince isn't. But uh, can can we agree that Vince is very close to being on his way out the door?
1: He is, but I don't know. I think is, Triple H, Triple H, yes, Triple H is open to working with other people, but not AEW. I think Our, Triple H, H, I H, would, H would. Yeah, be. me too. That's I think he would definitely NXT I, versus AEW. I, you don't think that would sell? I think it'd be New Japan. Cause think about the. Think oh, about, he
0: definitely wants that New Japan deal.
1: I would think, sure. think about Okada versus Reigns, or Okada versus Cena, or Okada I would want. I would Rawlings. want Okada versus Orton. Honestly,
2: I would want. I would want. No, no, no. no scratch uh, that. Really? I want Sonata. No, no. Help me out here. No, 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 Nido? no. Naito Nido. No, Nido oh, is uh, Tanahashi. I'd want to see Tanahashi versus Orton. That's who I would like to see.
1: Not Tanahashi versus Cena. The I would Cena want Naito versus Cena, to be
2: honest. No, no, no. Naito, no. Nido versus, no Rollins. Nido. I'd say Nido versus Rollins. I'd say Naito versus Rollins.
1: Well, you could. You, this is confusing <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm one hundred percent. Anybody no versus news. anybody.
1: Naito would be the. <laughs> Nido would be the matchup for Orton because their yeah. psychology.
2: Okay, so you would say. So you would Colorado say Tanahashi psychology.
1: versus Cena. Cena. They're both literally the same person. They carried that company for years. To a new level. So who yeah. would you say who would you okay, who would you put in there with Jay White?
0: Bowler Rollins? Rollins. 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 Yeah, Rollins okay. for sure. Uh, yeah. They're very similar in style and Bushi? gimmick.
1: Or Ibushi. Ibushi uh oh, yeah. Ibushi would be at this point, I'd say Aldrani, but he ain't there no more. No. Uh Ibushi versus Santos Escobar, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> what about Evil?
0: I would definitely go there. Bray oh, Wyatt? Evil? <laughs> Easy. Evil versus yes. Bray Wyatt.
1: You have the Dark Lord versus Defeat? Oh, my God. Yeah. Be great. Yeah. But no, Okada would have to be against Reigns, in my opinion. The face versus the face.
0: Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Definitely. What? And the way you book it is you have interference from a third person, so neither one of them look weak, and none of them have to take. What about the fall. Sonata? Sonata would definitely be. Ooh, who's? Let me think. Sonata Na, would uh, be Nakamura. No. Hey, Sonata, I, haven't we already seen that though? No, Sonata I think, came in as, uh, as uh, Shinsuke sorry, as was. But would you in. want to see yeah, that? I though? say Sonata. Sonata versus Nakamura? No, I Sonata, he's he's perplexing because I, I see him being the next Okada once Okada finally... I mean, him and Okada are about the same age, but Okada's wrestled so much more. Uh, it's
0: so much what well, Did AJ, yeah. did AJ yeah, work? Bodies.
1: Sonata? Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think. I have to... It's in my head, but I just can't... Uh, Sonata versus... Oh, my gosh. Uh, i come about to look at the <laughs> roster again. Crap, it left my mind. Oh jeez. I was supposed to be the guy that knows wrestling around here. I know, right? <laughs> here here or there. <laughs> uh let me see. You go somebody from, from NXT? Up. No, I'd go with uh with uh raw or smackdown. Let me look it up again. I mean.
2: But while you're looking that up, what about Toshihiro Ishii? Who would who would you want to see him? Toshihiro who? Ishii. Who? Toshihiro who? Ishii. Toshihiro? I don't know who that is.
1: Hold on. Are you saying the name right? Are you mixing names?
0: Are you talking about Tamahiro sure. Ishii?
1: Sure. Yeah, I was like, whoa. I was like, who? <laughs>
0: No, no offense. I, I just didn't know what you were. I, I, <laughs> I,
1: I didn't either. I was like, "Dude, there's somebody else I'm not knowing about." That's who yeah. I'm like, I thought that was how uh, it was pronounced. I'm sorry. No, Tomohiro Yishi. <laughs> yeah, Tomohiro. You're good, man. I would say Kevin Owens is Samoa Joe for him. Uh, Kevin Owens probably. Yeah. Yeah. Sonata versus Cesaro. Oh, definitely. Because they're both it. so technically gifted. Like Sonata makes everything look effortless. For as being as <clears> tall <throat> as he is, he, he is so smooth at everything. <coughs> you know, <Marco> Zaro's probably Cesaro's <coughs> best pound for pound wrestler, period. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, me. how about. Um,
1: Are we just not booking? I'm, I'm going to butcher this guy's
2: <laughs> name also. The current IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, uh, Shingo uh, Taka. Takaji?
1: Oh, Shingo and Big Miggy, actually talked about in the podcast how that's his favorite wrestler, and he only wants to wrestle him after yeah. Goldberg. Like, he's talked about it. like That's his dream match after Goldberg. And Shingo's a fucking monster. That dude, yeah, you know you're in a match when you're with him, because he's so Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, he's one of those guys that wants to make wrestling as believable as possible. Exactly. Okay.
0: And I I may butcher oh. it, but I think his his last name is uh, uh, Takagi. Takagi.
2: Yeah, Takagi. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, okay. So how all about of our one? Japanese wrestling fans, <laughs> uh,
2: I sincerely apologize. I'm not good with Japanese wrestling names. Please forgive me. I, I'm not an advent watcher of New Japan like I should be, and I apologize.
1: Well, it's hard to watch New Japan because their times are so far off, and then on the um the New Japan World Service, like it's not easy to fu- work either. Uh, it's hard to find a match that you want to. You have to scroll a lot, and it does like a lot of yeah, like, it does a Japanese one, then it does an English one, it does the full show, then it does match by match, and then it does like uh, it's just, right. it's just so
2: wait. Hard. So we already <laughs> said Tanahashi against Cena, correct? What about yes. what about what about Takahashi?
1: That's a ticking time, bomb, right? Uh... That's the Yuzhiro? other member of New Takahashi. Yeah, that's the that's the ticking time bomb. He's so, that's the junior. <coughs> dude. Um, him, him and Balor maybe because I don't think Balor was Balor had left by the time he started getting Naraiety right. in New Japan. Um, what about Walter versus uh, the Stone Pitbull? Oh, literally just beating the shit out of each other for a good forty wow. minutes. Right. Yeah. What about uh like, I'm sorry. I off. Go ahead. What about go ahead,
2: go ahead. um damn I lost it. Um what about uh Sana I'm gonna butcher this name again, ladies and gentlemen. Uh Satoshi Kojima. Kojima?
1: Kojima? The old guard? That's yeah. I mean it, he's currently the guy with the yeah, he's still there, but he's an old guard. Like, that dude's in his, like, almost 50s, isn't he? Um, uh,
0: Kojima is 50, exactly.
1: Oh, jeez, he is 50. He'll yeah, be 50
0: yeah, He'll be 51 this year. Who
1: yeah. you, like, he, like the thing is, like, he's still there to bring up the young guys. Like, he doesn't win a lot of matches, but he puts people over. But he still does the old, you know, give them the work and stuff. But, I, I mean, he ain't... He, his body can't do it much more.
0: No. I'm surprised he's not retired already. Yeah, that's like like Yuji Nagata. Yeah. I mean, oh. You know, he's... Uh, let's see, Nagata... nagata is 53.
1: Yeah, so he has to be in his 50s like that. Although,
0: I'd, I'd love to see Nagata versus uh, Walter. Ugh. What about...
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, You're talking about a hard-hitting match. Yeah.
2: What about, uh and again, butchering the name, Togi uh, Makabe...
1: I gotta look up what he looks like again because I forgot. It's been a while.
2: I mean, he's up there in age, too. He's 48.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but he
0: doesn't... He, he's he's uh, one of those guys that still looks pretty young.
1: He's forty. Well, he, the way he works, I mean, he hits hard, but he keeps it at a good pace. Right. Um, yeah, with the chain. Um, he'd be a good guy for... Uh... Probably McIntyre. Yeah, to be I was honest. thinking McIntyre. Right, because they because they both work a slower pace, but no one to turn it up, and they right. hit hard.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh. Mac- Macabe he he actually uh based his his wrestling style around Bruiser Brody, so yep. that would work perfect perfect um with McIntyre um. Man, he, I, I, okay, I got, I got an idea. I got an idea.
1: Did you know that Dawn Castle and Chase Owens are the exact same age? They're both born on the same age. Really? Day. No, I did not know and that. And so, so is Brody King. Brody King, Chase Owens, Dawn Castle, Dave Finley, Evil, and Fred Rosser all have the same birthday. The exact. You same know who Fred Rosser
0: is, right? May 16th?
1: There uh, you uh, go. May 16th? Who? What's well, May sixteenth the
2: birthday you just talked about? It's their birthday.
1: You said they were all born on the same day. Yeah, it has them all listed like June second. Uh, that's not right. That's
0: not right because if you look at um, Fred Rosier's uh, Wikipedia page, oh, it, yeah, it, it is says okay. November. Yeah, 2nd. Chase Owens was born yeah, March seventh.
1: don't Okay. Yeah, that's weird. Why does it have it like that? I don't know. Who would chase? Who would Chase Owens' it really his birthday different?
0: Adam Cole? Uh, Anybody? (laughs) I mean, literally Uh, anybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's about to start getting a push now because he just won their King of Pro Wrestling Tournament.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh,
2: Let's see. There's also uh, Hiromu Takahashi. Hiromu Takahashi?
1: who
0: would he face okay i I, I got an idea let's 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 not venture too far out (laughs) well no it it, i'm good with the venturing out uh but let's um save some of these these dream matches that we would like let's let's bring this back on another episode and and have that episode. Let's 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 book some dream matches on a, a an upcoming episode, uh, and you can pick. We'll just do like uh, AEW, New Japan, AAA, uh, WWE, and in WWE you could do SmackDown, Raw, or NXT. Uh, throw in Impact, Ring of Honor, MLW. You could make a dream card using people from all those rosters. That would be a pretty cool idea.
1: I like it, Roger? Yeah, I'm still going to the <laughs> roster. I'm looking at their uh, their which new, which roster New Japan. New Japan. I'm looking at their New Japan Strong. Their American division. Mm-hmm. They got some good talents there.
0: Is is it officially called New Japan Strong?
1: Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. Their young lions division has like some guys look really promising, like really, really promising off the rip already.
0: Right. I mean, their their junior heavyweight division, which is what I've always yeah I've always preferred New Japan's junior heavyweight division over um their heavyweight division.
1: Well, that's because that's the that's the division that. Can't, one, can wrestle, but two also are your quote-unquote high flyers, but they're technical for the most part.
0: Right, that's where we get our Eddie Guerrero's Dean Malenko's and Chris Jericho's Jushin and Liger. Uh, Chris ben from Jushin, Jushin Liger. Liger.
1: You know. I mean, we got uh, oh shit, I forgot his name already. Damn it, I forgot. Uh, Kushida. I can't believe I forgot that. Right. Which is weird because he, Kushida left because he didn't want to be the ace of the junior heavyweight division anymore. He got tired of that. He felt like he could do more and it literally comes to NXT to be the cruiserweight champion.
2: Taka still wrestling?
1: Taka Michinoku? Ooh. Wow. Yes. That man does not age. He looks the same like he did 40 years ago.
2: Right. Well, I mean, you can tell he's put on some muscle, but that's about it. He's yeah. 47? Shit. But it doesn't look like it. <laughs> yeah. His, his last stint was in 98
1: with WWF before he got. And he looks the same. Yeah. Pretty much. But their roster's pretty stacked. I, I, I really like their roster. The other thing about New Japan is that everybody has to be in a faction. Yeah.
2: I, yeah. Every, I, I was noticing that everyone looked. as like everyone's in a faction. I'm like, you got teams? Or? No, like, that's
1: literally the thing. Like, everybody is in a faction. What? Everybody That's what I'm saying. In I'm infection. like, I thought that it was weird it
2: that everyone had like an allegiance to a certain thing. We like, you got, you know, summer with Bullet Club and like other
1: like, yeah, what is it? chaos, chaos. Uh, Bullet Club, Lij, uh, uh, suzuki uh Flip. Oh, I spent so long so I watched Japan. I've already forgotten stuff.
0: Fraud, chaos, GBH, (laughs) Team Filthy.
1: Oh yeah, because Filthy and Robbie Law, uh, Tom Lawler, sorry, has his own group now.
0: Yeah, you got the United Empire. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, like it's literally like, like what is it? Five, seven factions now.
0: Oh, let's see. Uh, You've got the United Empire, the Bullet Club. Uh, main unit um chaos uh you have a ring of honor division uh, or a ring of honor group which inside of new japan um, it says four Suzuki gun is five Lij is six. six. Uh, GBH is 7, Team Filthy is 8, uh, I'm not really sure how to say this one, Saijin, uh, it, it's, it, right, it, it's a stable led by Yuji Nagata. Uh, and consists of. Oh,
1: that one. Yeah, no, it's. It, I'm
0: sorry. It's disbanded, but Yuji Nagata uh, still represents them.
1: Yeah, that's the old guard one. Yeah. I kind of think. Um, Man, that's a lot of. There's still a lot of people, though. Right. I'm trying to see if there's any more. Uh, you have a CMLL division as well. So. Yeah, I think that's all pretty much right. But yeah, uh, went a little off, off-beat there, but I'm trying to see stables. There it is. Uh, oh, gosh, it has every state. I don't want to do this. Can I freaking do the New Japan? I won't let me do it. Damn. Has every stable ever for right. promotion? Uh, all right, that's not gonna work. But yeah, um, so the main point that to start all this is that my issue with a lot of the wrestling is that it, it's not making sense. It's starting to make everything look silly. Um. Like it's just they're just putting stuff out to put stuff out because it's making money, but they're slowly starting to lose money because it, nobody cares anymore. You're not making people interested as much anymore. If, like they're not they're not bringing that illusion back. I mean, yes, everybody knows this, you know the kayfabe situation and you know it's scripted and stuff, but if you just start putting out good matches. I mean, that's why NXT is still so popular. Yeah, we know it's scripted and stuff, but their storylines are interesting, and their matches are great. Even their worst matches are better than some of the other brands' best matches sometimes. Right. And there isn't, like, a... Like, when Adam Cole was on that title run, everybody he went against you could still feel like, yeah, they, he, he may lose it on this one or he may lose it on this one. This right. might be the one. But sometimes when I'm watching, like when Drew McIntyre was champion, it shocked me when Randy Warren beat him randomly out of nowhere after like two weeks or something, but then he had it back and I was like, oh, he, he's not going to lose anytime soon. Right. Like I don't see this person beating him. I don't see this person beating him. Then, uh, like Roman Reigns, I like what he's doing, but he's fought his cousin and then Kevin Owens, edge and then edge and then o'brien and o'brien <clears> o'brien <throat> i didn't see <throat> any of those people beat him maybe edge just to have one more run cena's not want to beat him
2: we were literally we were, like we were literally talking that. about this before you got on um but then again i mean the only one that you could see beating him right now would probably be the rock but I don't even think that's going to happen because why come back when you're not going to be able to dedicate yourself full-time to it WWE? It
0: doesn't need to happen. Right.
1: But, I mean, the, the same thing could be said when he beat CM Punk for the title, but, you know. But, hell, right. who, who's to get, mean, hell, who my, knows? Fucking Goldberg could probably beat Bobby Lashley at
2: SummerSlam, and you know what?
1: Oh, he will. He will. And it's going to be yeah. fucking disgusting.
2: Like, I understand nostalgia. I understand, you know trying to relive the glory days and capture the magic of the past but at the same time it's like the shit that worked back then doesn't work into that now let me rephrase the good shit that worked back then can work today but you have to present it in a way that people can understand it today you know like nowadays if somebody go in today's day and age if somebody goes on like a four-month-long winning streak or whatever, they're like, oh, they're pushing him down our throats, you know, he ain't as good as this other guy he was wrestling, and blah, 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 blah. Like,
1: you're never gonna win. but that, and, and, You know, no matter what they do, you're never gonna win. But that's not true, because that's why they started out Braun Strowman, and it was good. Because he was a dude who physically was bigger than everybody else, and it made sense for him to beat people with his physicality. And then they had him um, lose matches to Kalisto? Kalisto was like, what, two and one against him? Like, it, like they, they build the person up, and then they shit the bed out of nowhere. They do this every time. So yeah, they'll, do the, they'll, they'll have somebody be undefeated, and they shit the bed. They make them either lose a the match they shouldn't lose against somebody they shouldn't lose, or... They get to a point where they're not they're not beating people. They're beating the same person over and over again. So it just gets boring because like we've seen them beat them, we right. something else, and they don't like. That's like that's my thing. That's that long term booking issue. Like that's the big thing is that they don't think three or four weeks ahead. They think about two weeks and they're like, oh, it's not sticking. Okay, let's try this again. Yeah. But if they would plan something out for like four or five months, and have a plan just in case of injury or a sickness or something like even do a backstage package of the guy getting jumped backstage, like right before he gets in the car or something, or, you know, something like that, something where it makes sense for him to be out for a couple of weeks. And when he comes back, get revenge on the people that right. did it to him. Right. Yeah. But they don't even do stuff like that. When's the last time they did something like that? To my knowledge. I mean,
2: the whole thing with Jeff Hardy and his card, driving and, and Elias,
1: yeah. and, but even, but even that didn't make sense because Jeff Hardy hit somebody. Elias saw it; it was Jeff Hardy did it, but then he said Elias caused it by getting him drunk. Like what? Like it, the the story made no sense. It's like they just like push an idea one week. Yeah, but how many, like, oh, yeah. We gonna, how many times
2: are we? How many times are we well, going to explore the whole? Oh, Jeff Hardy has an addiction thing. Like they did it with CM Punk. They did it with the storyline with Elias. Like. How many times are you going to keep on bringing up the fact that the man had a fucking alcohol problem, like
1: well, he had he an alcohol, alcohol problem? But you
2: get right. what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, but like exactly, like that. they're doing the same things over and over again. It doesn't stick with the CM Punk thing. It made sense because it was a straight edge dude against, you know, the oh, the exotic. Right. Like it made right. sense in that in that situation. That their their gimmicks literally clash because punk was a more technical guy jeff Hardy the high flyer then they had their their background which they brought to their forefront when they brought when you bring realism into it it makes the story even more interesting but when you plan something out like that because that was what a, a six-month storyline uh,
2: yeah, yeah about and it makes six sense
1: months, yeah yeah it worked i like I, when i say long-term booking i don't mean a year out like no eventually it gets a bit more than a year out but if you can. Push it six months to the max, you're good. Four months is okay. But this like monthly s- repeat switch stuff is not, nobody cares. You're not bringing anybody in to care. I mean, the Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano is the only long term story that worked for a while, but that's because Ciampa got injured. Right. So you were able to extend it yeah. because of that. And then you brought it again full but the circle. Thing about,
2: but the thing right. about a lot they, of it, though, is that. Right. If you say that well, somebody's, you know, uh, oh, because they either complain that, oh, well, this person's getting shoved down our throats, or this person's getting buried, or this per, or it's 50-50 booking, you know. I don't think if you did one of those, I don't I think if people if you did one of those stories today, there might be the handful of people out there who would get it, but the majority of the fans, especially the vocal fuckers on the internet, they probably wouldn't agree with the story, even if it was great because of who it was that did it.
1: But the thing is, the people who are online bitching are still fucking watching. So it doesn't matter what they're saying if they want to keep watching. (laughs) If they keep coming back, you're doing your job. My thing is getting the casual fans to stay, like, one week they'll be at just an example, 1 million views. Then the next week, 800,000. And then the next week, 1 million again, The next week four, 400,000 because you're not staying consistent. There's no, I mean, do you ever
2: think that we'll ever see wrestling, any any pro wrestling program up there? I mean, obviously they're not going to get into like nines and eights like they were during the Monday Night War obviously, but could they at least get back to like the threes and the fours? Like three and four and what, million? The ratings, yeah, like just based on like the Nielsen ratings or whatever. Like a 4.2 or 4.3 rating.
1: Well, the issue with that now is that their biggest, I guess, um, the biggest way they get views is through their YouTube now. Right. Their YouTube is where they get all their stuff. Uh, They have 79.6 million subscribers to YouTube. So they're getting constant views. Like they put out five minute clips and they're getting at like 16,000, 14,000, Like they're getting tons of views that way. But then how many? But how many? So how
2: long will it be then before they just like, all right, well, we're going to not, you know, make deals with these cable companies anymore because we can just make more revenue off of, you know, YouTube or whatever, you know, and make
1: people pay like, or, or they won't because because the tv companies still give them billions of dollars and fox paid a billion dollars for smackdown right so but people don't that, want but yeah people, but people in today's day
0: and age
2: don't watch tv like they did back in the 90s you know
1: if you if you miss true, a raw right.
2: or a smackdown hey i'll just go to hulu and watch it you know
0: but see those those when you look at ratings they have that factored in after the fact um that's why ratings usually don't come out used to back during like the monday night war era the ratings would come out the very next day typically now the ratings come out they come out four o'clock
2: every friday afternoon especially for 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 the previous week
1: And that's because they're anticipating people watching on their DVRs. Yep. Then they're trying to calculate, like, an average for their their streaming and, like, internet views and stuff like that, which is kind of dumb to try to average out something like that. Because, I mean, 79.6 million subscribers, they may get a million people to watch a video here and there. But how do you average out a million across the four or five videos and are they the same million people that watch those four or five videos? Like, that's right.
2: the thing. And it's not like people don't, you know, pay for subscriptions. I mean, that's been done before several times, people buying, buying subscribers. You know, I'm not saying WWE is doing that or any other wrestling company is doing that, but, I mean... I mean, AEW is they're
1: giving their shit because for for <laughs> free sometimes.
2: But, all right, one more quick question, though, before we get out of here tonight, because uh, I know it's getting late if the wrestling business itself on a, on a television level, on a mainstream level continues to go down the path that it's on, is it going to be around in five years?
1: Okay. Yes. yes. Like the thing is you have, there's so many companies out. So you, somebody, people will find their, their company, I guess, more or less in a sense. But here's the thing. No company is going to be a hundred percent. No company is going to be Perfect. There's still going to be shit. There's still going to be great things. Like, the thing is, finding a company good enough to keep you invested long enough. And I mean, WWE to me still keeps me invested long enough. New Japan still keeps me invested long enough. I mean, I haven't seen their shows in a while because I just don't have the time to try to catch up to a a year's worth of Japanese wrestling. Right. Uh, But, like, I'll watch ROH when it's on, when they put their stuff on YouTube, I right. watch their shows. Uh, I mean, they do really good work still. Uh, MLW still does really good work. Impact's been doing some of the best work <laughs> it's done in a long, long time. Yeah, that's because they don't have the tainted Dixie Carter taste yeah, in them anymore. But like, so yeah, like Impact, NWA. We didn't even not about them, but they're bringing oh, they're bringing the classic wrestling we want. Yeah, the good back. old
2: studio wrestling.
1: Yeah, and it's so good. I mean, yes, they have crap still, obviously, but they're overall they're still a solid seven point five, solid eights almost every week. But their 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 production is good, but the production is not great. Like if they could take that next step, which is hard because I mean money is always gonna be the issue. But if they could take that next step and get on actual TV and start getting that, then they can start getting a better overall production. And be like the classic 80s that we miss where they had good production that way, studio style that way. But uh Right. I mean I mean people love AEW, like there's some diehards that somehow don't see anything wrong with that show, even though their booking makes no sense. Which I think, I mean, but like what you said, every
2: company, every company has its problems, every company no company is perfect. And if you think that a company is perfect, you're probably more delusional, the delusional. than the, the ones who say, you know, that no wrestling companies work, you know, I don't know. I, for me, I always look at it like, you know, yes, there's things in WWE that I don't particularly care for. It's not my cup of tea, but then again, there's stuff that I think in WWE is great. AEW, there's a lot of problems. They got a lot of problems. They, I would say out of all of the, like, if you look at like the main, I, I can't remember who said it, WWE has the best talent, but the shittiest booking. Um, I don't know if I agree with that 100%. I think AEW is probably a little bit worse considering the fact that they have just as much
1: AEW talent. Is just... um, but the thing is, we don't get to see that talent don't. all the time. Not at least not on TV. We have to go to YouTube to see yeah. what talent they have because they put the same fucking 12 people on TV. Yeah. They put less people on TV than WWE yeah. does. W D cycles people they may not show everybody off well enough but it's literally pinnacle versus inner circle and then the elite and then whatever story they want to feed you that's about it yeah like in a dark order gets thrown in the elite feud now like that I don't even know how they went from being the big bad to being the big softies for Hangman Page now it's still a weird circle Jerk on that one,
2: and then you got the whole thing with Darby Allen and Sting, which is good at first when he was TNT champion and I actually liked what they were doing with him, with the title and everything. And but then you look at, you know, they they got guys like, okay, Orange Cassidy. You know, which I'm saying when Orange Cassidy can wrestle, he's a good wrestler. But they he, they got him doing a
0: a goofy gimmick that, you know, it, even though it's over but it's not them that have him doing that goofy gimmick he was doing that gimmick before he got signed to aew
1: yeah but the thing is he he wanted to do that gimmick because he's like i'm tired of doing all this serious stuff doing all this hard work for nobody to care he's like i made this i made the anti-wrestler and people started to watch and it's true like i i like orange cassidy's Randomness because it is, it is, it's a wrestler being an anti wrestler. He's literally doing the least effort and getting the most. You would not believe how mad that makes some people, though. (laughs) I mean, I know, like, from who I'm talking about, from a yes, but from a love of wrestler, like a love of wrestling and a guy who knows the workings, yeah, I fucking should hate it, but from a fans' perspective. And and it's different. Like, and it's not that and it he works. can't work when he needs to. He had good
2: matches with Pac uh, he had good he matches with can't. Jericho.
1: You know? It's like when, whenever somebody brings it out of him, he's so great. And that's what I'm always hoping for, for that next great moment. Because yeah, that match against Pac, phenomenal. <clears throat> he made Jericho work because Jericho's gotten super lazy nowadays. Even his finisher's super lazy. This is a spinning back elbow. Oh, the... Uh, uh, that doesn't even hit sometimes. Like, it doesn't even connect near. He like, stole
0: that shit from me.
1: You had the Judas effect first? I did.
0: Well, it was a Judas effect,
2: I like, did. spinning elbow combo. Uh,
0: it was, uh... I, I, you, you probably like, remember, I used good. to do the... The ripcord back elbow, which is basically the Judas effects, uh, but, and, but, and, and then would spin around into a, a rolling elbow.
1: But the thing is, with the ripcord, you, you're controlling them where they are in position, so you're going to hit. Jericho just throws it out there. He just hopes the person's in the right spot. You know? And most of the time, they're not. So he's right. just whiffing, and these people have to sell this move that no nope, doesn't even get near them. Like, it's a devastating finisher. And that's the thing. Like, when did finishers stop being finishers? Like, yeah, I understand having a falsy here and there, two or three or so. But uh, MJF went against Sammy Guevara, like, two or three weeks ago. And MJF hit a tombstone pile driver off the second rope. And that wasn't the finish.
0: Bro. Yeah. I lost my shit when I seen that.
1: Like, yeah, I get it. Like, people can kick out of the tombstone. It's happened before. It happens on big events and everything like that. If it was just a regular tombstone, like, at a spur of the moment, like, he counters something and went to a tombstone, I can see that. But this man was on the second rope, jumped out from the rope, from the from the turnbuckle, pretty much, to the middle of the ring, landed with a tombstone. That should have been the end of it.
0: I mean, that was Justin Gretel's finish forever.
1: Yeah. And that's because it works. That's devastating. Like, I don't need to see anything after that. I shouldn't see anything after that. That's my, oh, that's it. There's no other. And, like, if he would have kicked out, like, my favorite, like, my favorite thing about, like, the good workers are the guys that kick out at a four count. You know what I mean? Like, they, they hit, yeah. they, the guy hits a three, and then the guy kicks out, because that's what a finish is supposed to be. It's for, you're supposed to be down for three seconds. If he would have kicked out at the four count, great. Like, oh, wow, he, he was that close. But that move should have put him down for three seconds. But this dude did a two count and they went into another move. Or
0: even if like I could have gotten behind it had had they been close enough to the ropes and put his foot on it. No, no, no. Not even put his foot on it. Throw his foot under it. Under the bottom rope that you break the plane of the rope that ends the count. You know what I mean?
1: Like, and you could have played it like where the ref didn't get to see it in position. still kind of a three. So Sammy yep. has like, a, so you could have continued on like, um, uh, what, who was it? It was Christian versus, uh, Orin when they did that storyline for a little bit uh-huh. and that, and that worked. Yeah. He didn't, he wasn't, he didn't have enough energy to kick out, but he technically broke the hold. So you have a, you have a dispute for another one. And then you could have a big, you know, you could set up a bigger match. Like maybe, uh, uh, thirty-minute Iron Man match, even though that match went like twenty minutes, anyways. But it's just uh, the false sense of it being a longer match right. than it should have been, yeah, kind of thing. And then you can do a falsy kick out on something because he's like, oh, he had it, he's done it before to him. He his body's used to it now, like that kind of thing, where he could like kick out right before the three, and MJF has to do something bigger now because he's done it before and Sammy knows about it. But like that's the thing, like, see what we're what we're explaining here. We're fixing small things that shouldn't be something we have to talk to people who are supposed to be professionals. I get it. You're supposed to, you know, you want to do these falsies. You want to do these big moments and get the crowd sucked in more. But the issue is that if you don't do it right, you suck the energy out of the crowd and they don't give a shit.
2: Right. Right. You can be the most over baby face and the crowd can legit be like, I want to see this guy win. I want to see this guy win. You know, but if you fuck around too much or you make it to where like, okay, well, this finish he doesn't hit like six Canadian destroyers and a fucking V trigger, and you know, you know how is how does he not dead from a brain hemorrhage already? You know,
1: and that's the thing like, who decided that the Canadian destroyer was not a fucking finish anymore? It's a flippin' pile driver. That shit like if I if I told somebody. If I wanted to a so random, per casual person, I'm like, "Oh, do you know what a pile driver is? Oh, yeah, I know. You know, you move when you do that. All right. If I did that into a, if I flipped you into a pile driver, should you kick out? Their answer is going to be no. But let me ask dead. you this
2: other question too: Could you do a Canadian destroyer on somebody without their cooperation? Yeah, you I strong mean, enough. Could you? I mean,
1: you'd have to have some strong ass legs. You telling me, Braun Strowman couldn't force somebody you think into a Braun destroyer?
2: Could a flip into a Canadian destroyer?
1: Braun Strowman can't flip
2: into a Canadian destroyer. I wouldn't yeah, I mean, doubt it.
1: Yeah, I would have it.
2: Like deadweight somebody into a Canadian destroyer.
1: Yeah, that man was a strongman competitor. People ain't people don't weigh much to him.
2: <laughs> okay, in the rare, very rare moment that okay, maybe Strowman can do it if he decided to. But, like, you know, Petey Williams, when you've seen Petey Williams do it, which he was the originator of the move, you know, you can definitely tell there is some cooperation with the person that you're giving the move to.
1: Well, yeah, the person who's getting the move done to him is doing all of it, which is, to me, like, the move's cool and flashy. But if you're going to tell me, hey, I want to come up here, you're going to backflip yourself into a pod driver. No. No. Why would I risk my neck like that? Where there's no true control on your end. I have to place my head in the right position while flipping and landing correctly while you're on top of me.
2: No. Well, I mean, to be honest, you end up landing the on moves- top of them most of the time. Most Every time I've been hit with a Canadian Destroyer, I've landed more on the person giving me the move than me actually spiking myself. I spiked myself one time and I knew I spiked myself. Because the person who covered me said, You okay, I said me. I'm not getting up. Because I it because I literally hit my head doing the Canadian destroyer. And it was the one time and I was like, Nope, take it home. I'm done. And he was like, All right. You know. Exactly.
1: But you but you're but you're like, hey, it's time to finish this. We got guys out here hitting the move, and like, nope, four more, and then another move. And then how are we gonna finish it? Oh, well, nope. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, I'll hit you in the throat. Don't you ever say that to me.
0: I'm finishing all my, all future matches with a
1: roll-up. <laughs> uh, as long as you have seven false finishes, and you do that, the crowd will some for some reason, the internet fans will love it.
0: Uh, going into the roll-up, I'm going to hit a RKO, uh, a Canadian Destroyer. And a, a Pedigree. A,
1: the a Pepsi tomb- Plunge.
0: Uh, a Tombstone off the second. A Pedigree. A a top rope vertebra breaker,
2: shooting star press. No, I'm not. I'm not. No, he's not doing no shooting
0: star. <laughs> the hell is wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> you, you I'm don't bother anybody. I'm probably gonna do a Judas effect. Uh,
1: don't forget the curb stomp, both a, versions.
0: A, a curb stomp. I'm gonna do the Seth Rollins version of the curb stomp.
1: Then a super uh, dragon to the turnbuckle. No,
0: no. Then I'm gonna do uh, a sharpshooter, a Texas clover leaf and then finish with a roll-up.
1: But, but you didn't kill the crowd. In that's, that order. Yeah, but you didn't kill the crowd. By God, Dave Meltzer race that seven You're, stars. God, that man is a, a no, horrible fucking joke to wrestling.
0: No, bro. Uh, with that many finishes, that's a nine-star match right there. First in history goes to Chip Hazard.
1: So can we start being our own wrestling observer and just make up shitty rating systems for matches. Why not? Why Everybody
2: else on the fucking internet does it.
1: Like, we can't, like, we'll critique the, like, random things, not even stuff that, like, matters. <laughs> like, that's what we'll give ratings for. Oh, yeah, his, uh, his test of strength right there. That's a that's a five-star test of strength right there.
0: No, it's not a test of strength, bro. It's a Greco-Roman knuckle lock.
1: Oh, uh, uh, sir, you're getting technical on me. Okay. Okay, we see somebody from the British Isles here. Okay. Then we do uh, uh, his shoulder block or shoulder tackle. Which one do you call it, sir? Which one do you want to do it as? It depends on how we do it. Okay. Is it if off the feet? Is it a shoulder block?
0: It, it, if, it's, if it's Cena style, it's shoulder tackle. If okay. it's Strowman style, it's a shoulder block.
1: Okay. So it's Cena, the flying shoulder block, and <laughs> if Strowman is a shoulder tackle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so if you get off your feet, it's a block. If you stand, it's Take a Take notes, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we dropping nuggets of knowledge uh, so that,
2: here.
0: I don't, I don't know. know. We might be. I, I mean, that could just be the rum talking. <laughs> to I don't know. <laughs> oh
1: lord! But no, like that, like so. The whole like the whole thing that like we wanted to talk about was just like wrestling. Wrestling is no longer wrestling, and we knew it. It started going towards the sports entertainment a while ago. But when did it become such a farce on all levels in every company that is, like, sometimes not even enjoyable to watch wrestling? Because I think like, people I, still look I, at I, it as
2: the redheaded bastard stepchild of sports and entertainment.
1: I mean, yes, but then, like, we got this thing where people are like, WWE is... Boring and no talented there, and then they'll go like AEW's got all this talent; they're the mm-hmm. best thing ever. Well, then it, the hell is that? This man, oh this my man,
2: God. no, he pissing on air
0: No, I heard. I was like, "What the hell Wait, is that?"
1: That wasn't you. Oh, I thought that was you. No, wasn't me. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "What the hell is
0: that?" It wasn't Definitely
1: me. Wasn't me.
2: <laughs> you heard okay. that didn't you we,
0: we have been taken over by some kind of weird airwaves
1: that was super wow. okay I wonder what what if it doesn't go through the playback playback black, play either and we only hear it
0: uh, then, okay then uh, <laughs> So some fuck shit's really going on
1: I'm <laughs>
2: buying some sage I'm fumigating my house <laughs> <A few.
0: laughs> hey, Talon, you did say just the other night that you you and Amy said that uh y'all's house was haunted.
1: They have heard stuff for over a month. They have heard stuff over I a mean month. is it not just Is it is it an old house older house? So it's just probably the the material in the pipes, probably.
0: probably.
1: Yeah. It's the wood expanded in the heat and the gulpness. uh,
0: my sister's
1: name? No. Oh, Okay, that might have been just you hearing things. <laughs> All
0: righty. Anyway, yeah, back, back on, on to it. Yeah. yeah back on this is not a haunting of episode. It, it. Not yet. It ain't.
1: the hauntings of Tal- Talon's house. <laughs> but, uh, Uh, we were talking about all this and we were thinking about like is there a way we can we fantasy book wrestling WWE mainly back into glory I guess back into his like high points of the attitude era and uh, the ruthless aggression era you know where it was really great wrestling but also entertaining at the same time and like I brought up to this guy who's like hey what if we each pick a brand and then do like a draft pick and then pick a roster from there and then start booking cards and see like, can we make it work and be good all the way around and then have people, you know, on our, uh, Facebook, uh, fan page, you know, be like, Hey, this seems good or no, or, you know, maybe we're just blowing smoker on ass (laughs) or whatever.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. Um, that's 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 definitely something that we've talked about doing and uh I wanna do absolutely for sure.
1: But like I asked earlier, do you guys have a preference of a brand you wanna be? Or you, no, I prefer, no. I prefer do you
0: wanna
1: <laughs> just being honest. Okay.
0: Oh, you just exactly. want Roman Reigns. I
2: get
1: it. No, because we're, we're drafting. We get to pick What everybody. the fuck you
2: think my first pick gonna be if I if I, if, I, if I get
1: selected number one? If I would say if you're if you're first, you pick Roman Reigns. I mean, he's one of the biggest guys in the company right now. We're going by
2: current storyline, aren't we? we we're like going by not,
1: current storyline. We'll right? work. No, we can we can no, make No, you're story making story. your own storyline. So it's like like it's like saying this like we, we bought WWE for Vince. We took a like a month or so it is to get it all the transfer and over, and we're starting afresh.
2: Oh, so we're we're Russo Bischoffing it. No, we're <laughs> not that kind of nastiness everybody's
1: losing the titles turn them over right?
2: mass exodus here we go
1: <laughs> well here's the thing like you could pick how many titles you have you can pick your teams your tag teams you can pick your managers you can do whatever you want it's your is we bought it now it's yours what would we do with it exactly right. we'll we we'll iron out
0: all the details um all yeah. fair, <laughs> for sure Uh, but this is definitely going to be, um, a series coming to you very, very soon, probably in the next week or two. Um, and it's going to be, uh, movement radio fixes the
1: WWE. Oh, and also, you know how we talked about when the last time Cedric was on raw, he was on tonight. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) And it really did team up Mansour and Mustafa Ali together. Really? Yes.
2: At this point, it's just Man, a crapshoot. Okay. They're like, "Hey, go out there and see if you can make them like you."
1: You know, so, but they had, but they had him go against Mason T Bar. So it's him going against his old group that kicked him out, with the new guy he was feeding with that somehow became his friend because they're both being titled the same. They look the same, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Like, who, what's the end game here?
2: I don't think they have one actually. What?
1: Like, what, what is, are we going to build up Mansoor and Mustafa Ali, who are, like, a foot shorter than Mason T-Bar, who have been a team longer and are more fluid together? Or are we going to stick to two Middle Eastern guys, build them up, have them win the titles, or just stay feuding against Mason T-Bar? That's the thing. I, we'll figure it out. I don't know.
0: Like, that's <laughs> what,
1: like, no, I'm, I'm not talking about us doing this. I'm just trying to figure out, like, who the, the writer for this, what is their store like do they only have a month planned out do they have two months do they have a week planned
2: well according out? Like, according to uh no. if, if, if you believe everything they don't probably don't know wrestling so they probably don't know what the fuck they're doing
1: <sighs> but yeah I, i'm glad to take this series because we get we're gonna do draft we'll pick out all the we'll do all the minute things plan it out and figure it out then we'll do our draft as an episode obviously um And then after we draft, we'll make another episode of, you know, who our top people will be, who our champions will be, all that kind of stuff. Do we want to change it up? Do we want to keep current stuff? It's hopefully going to be entertaining. I feel like we could do a good job of making the product not feel bland and obviously not do 50-50 booking either because that's stupid. Everybody's the same. No, no, not everybody's the same. That's the whole point of having a champion.
2: You can have like your top eight guys. You can then you can do like your next tier guys, your tag teams, your women, you know, what commentary team do you want? You know what What managers managers do you want? You You know, are you gonna do anything different with the staging? What pay per views do you want?
1: That's what I'm excited about getting to bring back. I call backlash right
2: now. With the fucking swinging fucking... No, sir. Uh, <laughs> blades, you know?
1: No, sir. You get to wait your turn. Well, we I'm calling my shot.
0: <laughs> Speaking it exactly. into existence.
1: So my my first round pick will be Backlash?
0: <laughs> no.
2: My first round pick will be Backlash. I don't know, I'll take Roman from you. <laughs> Asshole. So I can either have Roman or Backlash? Huh. Fuck it, I'm taking it back.
1: Yep, about. I'm taking one of your loves. <laughs> I'll build another star. But no, um, <laughs> um, uh, we hope Hopefully. we can build stars. That's the thing. Like, are we savvy enough to make our own product one, watchable and maintain viewership, and two, be able to build enough of a card, uh, weekly or bi weekly, however we want to elongate it. Make it look like, and how the fans on our fan page, and you know all your Facebook and everything, or just in our comments on Anchor and stuff, tell us like, hey, you know, you know, this card looks good, such and such, a, blah blah blah. Can we build stars from there and make it make sense? Right. Because I want to be the book man now. I suck at booking, so I never became one. I mean, the thing with about being a booker, I think, it's always better to have. Don't have one guy because obviously they get locked in their ways and then they're like, But I want to push this guy. Well, he's not getting over. I don't care. I want to push this guy. Okay. That doesn't make sense. If you have a, I always think a committee works better because you can make it make sense. Everybody can talk out loud and then like hear what they're saying through another perspective and be like, Okay, how do we make this make sense? Who do we want to push? Who is our second guy? Who's our third guy? You know, and then chill it out that way. Because right. we're seeing, like, if you have power for too long, you lose touch, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Vince. Triple H, as, yes, is the main guy, but he has a booking committee. And they make all their stuff make sense. Because he's like, I understand what you guys are doing. Yeah, let's do that. Let's try that. Because he understands the wrestling business. Right. Yo, know, they really just had Bobby Lashley kick out of being pinned by both Shelton and Cedric at the same time. What? Yeah. Yeah, they both, he's in a handicap match against them, and they both put him down and pinned them, and he kicked out of it. And he immediately goes into just destroying them after both of them hitting him with moves. And I understand you're building him up to go against, you know, Oldberg, but a double-man pin? Bobby's big, but he's not huge like that. Right. Oh, and it looks like Shelton's taking of the fall. Of course, Shelton would take the fall. Oh, never mind. He moving on to Cedric. He's hitting them both with a uh, Domin- jackhammer. Jack-
2: oh, he's he's using yes. the jackhammer because of Goldberg. That makes sense.
1: He did a jackhammer on Shelton, and he's doing the Dominator, the the true Dominator, on Cedric, and Cedric landed on Shelton, and now he's hitting both of them. Wow, that's actually pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, finish.
0: he he definitely just imitated goldberg and reigns in the same match (laughs) he used the jackhammer then he pinned him and stacked him or stacked him and pinned him
1: yep and he also did spear there you go yep (laughs) see but all right um so that was our little rambling on about wrestling in the state of and our thoughts and what we think can help the industry like we said we may be blowing smoke out of our ass. We don't may not know anything about. You wrestling. feel better after your rant, you know, like we think we do. Uh, I mean, <laughs> no, not really, because I, because my love of wrestling is so big that I, it just hurts me to see people claim that they understand wrestling, but still think that trash is good. And like, like i was saying, AEW has so many problems. Like, it just doesn't make sense how people can be like oh, this is amazing. Like, no, it doesn't make sense. They have one storyline, supposedly, the Hangman Page storyline that's going on. It's been a year-long build. Yes. Supposedly. But do we trust them to do it right? They still have not proven to us they know how to book correctly, short-term or long-term. And now, they're signing Daniel Bryan and CM Punk Who's to say they don't just shit the bed on that and just push him and Page back? And then... I was going to say, their...
0: is it is it going to be more of the same you bring in the former WWE guy and they get pushed straight to the top and your younger talent, like an MJF, uh, Sammy Guevara, uh, Jungle Boy, you know, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, get pushed down the card
1: more? Like, the issue with MJF is that he got stuck and Chris Jericho's bookend. And he's been stuck with Jericho for over a year now. Like. He, Chris Jericho is holding MJF hostage. Instead of holding him a title hostage. He's holding a person hostage. Like. I, I'm tired of seeing them feud against each other. I'm tired of those two factions feuding against each other. I want MJF to move on to something else. When he was going against Cody. He was interesting. And then he started talking to Moxley. And acting like he wants to get into that together. And then he somehow got stuck with Jericho. And then it's just been this one giant joke of a feud between these guys that are literally waiting backstage to jump each other right in front right. of the camera. Like they're not even hiding. It doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> but uh, I digress. Uh, thank you guys for listening to us ramble on. Maybe you guys hate us and think we're stupid, don't know what we're talking about, which may be true. Maybe we're just old and bitter. Guys, but I mean, like I said, I still watch a lot of the stuff nowadays, and a lot of it's still good. Like we said, ROH, MLW, uh, NWA, you guys can watch that stuff on YouTube. It's, they're putting out great stuff. Impact puts their highlights on YouTube. They're still putting out great stuff. Uh, I cl- I already, I told you who my top five people for who I thought uh, was for uh, AEW. Two of them girls, uh, one the newcomer, and then. Obviously, Puck is great everywhere he goes. So, but I mean, what what are you guys thought on? Like, is wrestling is wrestling worse? Is it the same or is it better than what we really like? If we really think about it, is it better or worse? Is it the same? Like, is it just, just now we're just noticing more and more faults?
0: I, I think it's uh, I think it's about the same. And as we get older, we're noticing more and more faults or our brain is maturing and we're thinking, okay, this should have went this way and that should have went this way um, to make it make more sense to us. Whereas if they'd have done the same thing when we were teenagers, we'd have been like, oh, that's the coolest shit ever, you know? yeah. Uh, I mean, if you would have trotted Goldberg out 10 years ago and put him against Bobby Lashley, I'd have been like, man, that's fucking cool. Now, in 2021, I'm like, eh, not,
2: not I really. I think a lot of people just forgot how to be fans. And a lot of people overanalyze and combine. But it, I mean, we do it, but I mean, we're all in one way shape or form involved with professional wrestling so we're kind of speaking from experience the people who are the most vocal are the ones who watch it but they have absolutely zero knowledge of the inner workings or why things are the way that they are why people do certain things why things are booked a certain way and they can we can look at a storyline or whatever, and say, and eh, maybe that storyline that storyline doesn't really work for today's world. Maybe it could have worked during the Attitude Era, or maybe it could have worked during Ruthless Aggression, or whatever you know. But you know, I think what 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 happened was is that the was the hardcore fan. You you have to, you know, they want what they want, and they will refuse to accept anything other than what they want. They have become in a in, in a weird way they become entitled. They want instant gratification, instant satisfaction. They don't they they, they hate slow burn storylines. They hate, you know, they hate they they hate the fact that their if their if their needs aren't catered to immediately, oh this is a trash product or, or this is this, that and a third. But people, you know, just people Most people want to criticize. Most people want to try to overanalyze and all that shit. They people just stopped being fans. They just stopped enjoying what they were watching, and I think that that's the the crux of a lot of the problems is that people just they just they watch it on TV because it's something to watch, and the casual fan has gone away i mean there's other things on television that people want to watch aside from professional wrestling on a monday night you know monday night football you know we're fixing to have it what in fifty fifty days now i think you know football is going to be coming back yeah you're going to see a whole lot you're going to see those monday night numbers go down due to monday night football you know um you know the pay-per-views are the pay-per-views going to you know, struggle a little bit. I mean, because you're going to have, you know, Sunday night football, you know, on nights where they're going to have pay-per-views on Sundays, you know. Um, So I don't think that the industry is worse off because I think, I think, I do think the business itself is more on its ass than it's ever been, but I also think that there's more talent and there's more opportunities to go other places and apply your craft there and no matter how right. good of a worker you are no matter how good of a wrestler you are 9 times out of 10 you can't overcome bad booking the the the, the rare exceptions are the guys who can make a shit storyline work but 9 times out of 10 it, 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 the, no matter how good you are in the ring if the booking sucks people're going to think you suck and that's the that's the that's the sad part about it
1: Yeah, I mean the last time I could think of somebody overcoming really bad bookends, the new day.
2: Yeah, they made it work. I mean, they made it work for them, and then they kind of flipped it around, and it started off as one thing, then it turned into something completely different. It was it wasn't necessarily like a preacher gimmick anymore. It was it was like you know the power of positivity, you know, and the unicorns and the pancakes and the rainbows and you
1: know, whoo Well, I mean, it was the it was the preacher gimmick. And then you got to remember they got over it because they became heels. Cause the fans hated it so much. They just embraced right. it Well, people, yep. and they were still being the power of positivity, but I'm not right. about it.
2: But a lot of people hated it because they were like, Oh man, they're, um, they're burying all three of them with this gimmick. And that gimmick's not going to stick around. It's been how many years since they started the new gimmick? Yeah. Seven, seven. years, seven years of doing the new day. I mean, for a gimmick, Seven years ago, for people to say, Oh, that gimmick's not going to last three to six months or whatever. Seven years later, now they're talking about them being one of the best tag teams of all time, or one of the best
1: factions of all time. Well, the thing is, the, well, the thing is, they almost didn't work. If they wouldn't have turned heels, they probably wouldn't have lasted right. at all. If them taking the chance and being like, Hey, this isn't working. They talked to the, you know, Vince, like, Hey, this isn't working. They're booing us and they're hating us. We need to embrace it, just turn heel." And Vince took a chance of like, you know what? If you think that's what's going to work, because this isn't working. And it did work. And they are, what, 11 eleven yeah. now? Something like yeah. that. And, I mean, for the longest time, they were the most entertaining things. Like, their they're match, their feud against the Usos is some of the best work in general yeah. in the last few years. Even yeah. if it's tag team wrestling, it's still... That was the more interesting part than some of the singles
2: wrestling. The New Day-Uso uh, matches were some of the, yeah, like what you said, some of the best matches I've ever seen. I, mean, I think it's one, of my, it's one of my favorite rivalries in recent memories, New Day versus Usos.
1: And, I mean, like, the uh, they had that Hell in a Cell match that was Oh, my God, was it was brutal. great. Love that match. Xavier Woods gets handcuffed to the top of the turnbuckle and just gets, you know, lashes across the chest and ribs. Like, whew. Oof, that made me hurt just watching. Right. Right. All right. Well, that being said, we're gonna bring
2: her to a halt tonight. Two and a half hours. We'll definitely put a uh wear and tear on you. We we right. well, you t- we hell we'll be wrestling. here for the next six, seven hours. So we need we need to we need to slow it down. Uh but yes, you guys be on the lookout for the uh, upcoming uh movement radio fixes WWE uh, series. Um We'll talk about it, we'll, we'll iron out the edges.
1: Call, I was like, I was like, we would have called it. I was just going or by, or by what like, Chip said, yeah, that's Come why I was like, okay, it. that's what we're going with. Okay, <laughs> uh, <coughs> movement radio wrestling ed- entertainment,
2: I guess, <laughs> 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 however you want to do it. Um, no, nah, but that being said, though, yeah, um, WF. thank you guys for tuning in to us, uh, rant and rave about pro wrestling. We do, you know, we do love it, even though it does frustrate us sometimes. Um, like it frustrates some of you guys obviously um, but and if you have any opinion that you want to share you know comment you know in the in, in in the on our various social media pages and hopefully you guys uh, can maybe let make
1: us see the error of our ways or you can see the error of yours either way uh, but- explain to us why you think aew is good try to make me see what you see because i don't see uh
2: oh this oh this this episode when it drops is definitely going to the uh the wrestling pages so that's i just want to see what people gonna say anyway that being said thank you guys for tuning into this episode uh anything you guys want to say before we get out here tonight
0: um as always check out movementradio.us that is your one-stop shop for all things Movement radio
1: um as always thank you to uh anchor our sponsor um thank you to you guys for helping us reach fifteen thousand um downloads and plays uh, we thought we'd get there by the end of the year and we still have four well a little bit under five months still going in years maybe we can reach 16 you know but you know just thank you thank absolutely you for listening. um
2: couple quick shout outs sean thompson thompson personal training 40 dollars a session you can't beat it boxing cardio strength and conditioning yoga you name it he's got it um just look him up on facebook thompson personal training jerry and jennifer over at the chronic conversation podcast uh andrew and sean over at the warrior workout network also check out twitch.tv slash demon um a lot of video game content as well thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode We love you. We appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much. We will see you guys next time on another episode of Movement Radio. Chip, let's hit him with the outro.
0: Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform.
2: Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. And once again, movementradio.us.
0: I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams.
1: I'm Roger Sierra.
0: And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.
1: Bang, bang.